continuing our extraordinary and exquisite journey of trusting in the Lord, traveling exquisite class, uh, we are excited about the opportunity to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And right now, our path has brought us to the, the Sabbath day and the power of the Sabbath day and the power of the Sabbath day to break the curse of the slave. It's an extraordinary time in which we find ourselves and we're excited about uh, having demonstrated the kind of faith. Now, let me just say something to you about trust as opposed to faith, and then we'll get to the the Sabbath and the slave. Uh, We have taught now for more than 10 years that faith is when you come to Almighty God and you need something from him and you get it like the woman with the issue of blood and others who came throughout the Bible of the New Testament by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Uh, And by faith, all things are possible. And so faith is when you need something from the master. Trust is when the master needs something from you and you give yourself in a process called trust that will allow him to use you any way and any, and any manner in which he so choose to use you. Trust is when Job said that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Trust allowed Job to be the object of Satan's greatest wrath. Took his children, killed them all, grandbabies, everybody. Took his wealth, burned down his house, took his health, and then attacked his wife. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, I want you to come up close for just one second. It's very important, especially those who are kind of sitting there on the limb now. Listen to me. I put my trust in the Lord. He had need of someone who would be willing, first of all, to stand in the midst of Harlem, the Mecca of the black, the African-American, Negro colored people, and to speak truth to power, speak the truth. That came from heaven and not from the legislation or from white from the White House and speak that truth consistently to people who did not and would not hear it, who had in the power of their hands, the power of death and the power of suffering. Anyone who came and spoke on behalf of almighty God to the people of the African continent, African-American, the North American and everywhere else of that particular hue. But yet God needed somebody to go into that most dangerous region and speak truth. I went, I am, I'm here. Now Almighty God uh, needed someone to go and speak truth to power, to the White House, to Japheth, and to Shem, and to Wall Street. God needed someone who... Uh, to go and speak. Who will go for us and tell Shem about himself? Who will go for us and tell Japheth about himself? Uh, Here, the Lord told me to tell you this, that in chapter two of the book of Revelation, Almighty God, his name is Jesus, gives his strongest condemnation against both Shem and Japheth at the level of hate, and the choir and saying they are children of the devil. And he says it, and he, he gave it to me to, to say to you 
uh, that who will do that in this day and time when Wall Street has such power and Japheth controls the uh, legislative and political and media sites, power. But if you look in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, uh, Jesus says that, uh, that there is a hatred in his heart for the deeds of Japheth or the Nicolaitans. That there is a deed there, and, and the, 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 the Nicolaitans and Japheth, the, the Nicolaitans are the mixture of Japheth and, uh, and Shem together, for instance, here in America, that, uh, that, and, and New York, and other places, that where, where the Japheth and Shem has gotten together. Or if you look in the Southern Baptist and, the, and Shem, Japheth of the Southern Baptist and Shem of Israel, where they've gotten together, people like John Hagee and others who are, uh, have gotten together with Netanyahu. That blend is called a new breed called the Nicolaitans. When you put the Jew and the uh, Japheth person together, the blend of, of is called the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. That's what they're called. And Jesus says he hates their deeds. That he hates the deeds of them. Now, in, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, we saw that. We'll see it again in verse 15. But I'm going to ask my engineer if he would bring up Revelation chapter 2, verse 9. Just two verses after, of three verses totality, after verse 6, where Jesus says that he hates the Nicolaitan, the deeds of the Jew and the Japheth, that he hates their deeds, and I hate their deeds as well. But if you look in Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, you'll notice that Jesus goes directly for Shem. And he says, I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. Well, I can tell you this, he's not talking to Ham or Canaan when he says you are rich. And he says, I know thy blasphemy of them which, and this is very important when we understand the context, the blasphemy, blaspheming against God, a sin which cannot be forgiven. Blasphemy cannot be forgiven. But go ahead, Mr. Engineer, let us read it again. He said, I know thy works, talking to Shem and, and to Japheth, and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know that the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now, Mr. Engineer, let that rest there for one second and then move it. Now, here, when God talks about a rich people, he is not talking about Ham. He's not talking about Canaan. Not now. Uh, the only people that are rich on planet Earth are Shem and Japheth. And the reason why Shem and Japheth are rich is because Ham and Canaan, that they, they have been served by these two. Now listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. We all know across the world, whether it's in China 
or whether it's in Japan or in Cambodia, Vietnam or in Africa or in India. We know that Canaan and Ham, that they are not rich. We know that they are not rich. We know that. We know that they are not rich. So obviously we can exclude them. Well, then who's he talking to? Well, who is rich? Who is rich and yet are poor? Well, we know. And then Jesus says right there in, 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 in Matthew's gospel, chapter, I mean in Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, verse 9, and verse 15, that he goes right at the Jews and he goes right at uh, the Japheth people. Now, let me just say a word here, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When... Um, when God spoke through Noah and said, Canaan shall be cursed. When God spoke through Noah and said, Canaan shall be cursed. That we have accepted. That I have accepted. And, um, and all things do work together. And now God is bringing a truth as Shem and Canaan shall be last. But here, let, let, let's just look at something for just a second. To have the nerve and the power of God to speak against Japheth, to speak against Ham and Canaan, which I've done. I mean, I've come to have the power and the belief of God that my life would be preserved and that we could live in the midst of Harlem, speaking truth to Africa and African American, speaking truth about Obama. God needed somebody. And I was the only one that volunteered. Oh, they got some others out there, hustlers out there, but I'm the only one that volunteered. God needed somebody. But I want to say this. I want to say this now. I am noticing God has condemned Shem and God has condemned Japheth. You see it right there in the scripture. You're the synagogue of Satan, because the temple is no longer, don't even talk, talk about the temple no more, because there ain't no temple, there ain't no use for Jesus, tore down Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, verse 1 and following. There ain't no temple. There ain't no use to bring a lamb, or the reason to bring a lamb or a goat to the temple and have the priest cut his throat and pour out the blood. The blood been poured out on the cross, so that's old. But they still go to these synagogues. And Jesus said the reason why they go there and not to the cross is that they're going to the synagogue of Satan. I didn't say that. That's what Jesus said. He said it's the synagogue of Satan. They say they're Jews, but they're not. But I've been noticing something here since I've been speaking this word, a blessing. I've said to you that the Sabbath is uh, Canaan's rock, that it is the rock in Canaan land. I have been saying to you that the Sabbath is the rock in Canaan land. And even though Almighty God, and I went along with it and agree with it, still do, that Canaan shall be cursed, it says in Noah, uh, speaking in Genesis chapter 23, 9, 23, 25. And I never argued against that. But the one thing that we need to come to terms with and look at a more uh, and, and, and now in a prophetic way that the Sabbath stops the curse for one day. Listen to me very carefully now. Listen to me very carefully now. 
And then after this, I got to talk to Shem and Japheth, who are now intensely jealous and angry and suspicious of me because I'm speaking this truth. I have to look at now the spirit of the Nicolaitans, the spirit of apartheid that's now welling up in the hearts of Japheth who listen to me and have listened to me because I've spoken a truth to Canaan and to Ham. I'll come back to that. But now the Sabbath, the Sabbath has the power to stop the curse for one day. God says that remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall thy labor, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Now the purpose of the curse of Canaan was that he should serve. He should serve both Shem and Japheth. But on the Sabbath, the Sabbath day, he is free. And if Shem and Japheth were honorable to the Sabbath, they would not let or allow or ask Canaan to bring them a cup of water. Not on the Sabbath day. Not on the Sabbath. Listen to me. Now you listen to me. The Sabbath hath the power to stop the curse for one day. That's right. Shem, even though God speaking through Noah said that Canaan shall be the servant of Shem and Japheth. But on the Sabbath day, no man, not even the cursed man, has to work. Even the cursed man get blessed by the Sabbath. Are you following me? Are you listening to me? Of course you are. Of course you are. In other words, on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath day, had I been there in the days of Nat Turner and others, I would have told uh, Canaan, who was a servant and slaves, all across the Caribbean islands and all up in Georgia and South Carolina, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, East Texas, Jack, Florida, I would have told Canaan that you on this day are as equal in power as your boss, Japheth, and he cannot order you to do anything on the Sabbath. And if he is going to preach from Genesis that God Almighty uh, curse you to serve, then he'll also have to preach from Genesis that God rested on the Sabbath day. I would have told him. I can't tell. I didn't tell him. But I'm telling him now. Are you following me? That the Sabbath hath the power to break the curse for just one day. No man can order work and no man can work on the Sabbath day. Praise God. Praise God. Let's come back to that. Let's go back to the fact now that Shem 
and Japheth, according to the Holy Ghost, according to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that God has put, his name is Jesus, Shem and, and Japheth together, and their, their identity is a nation. Well, why you call them that? Well, let me tell you why. Because the name Japheth is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Shem is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Ham is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Canaan is still a name that Jesus would want to love. So when he needed a name that he could hate, the actions thereof, he came up with this word name called the Nicolaitans, which is a crossbreeding spiritually of Shem and Japheth, the Nicolaitans. And then he said, I hate their deeds. That's what Jesus said. A perfect modern day example of that is the Southern Baptist Evangelicals, Billy Graham, James Dobson, Salem Media, Clear Channel, Rush Limbaugh crowd, along with the Netanyahu Knesset crowd of Israel. When you bring those two together in the same religious stage, they are now neither Shem nor Japheth. They are the Nicolaitans. And Jesus says he hates their deeds. That's all. He says he hates their deeds. He says he hates them. It's right there. I mean, it's right there in God's word. And then he goes on a little further in the next verse or two. It says that the Jews that don't have anything, because they're Jews that don't have anything with the Southern, to do with the Southern Baptists, he said they go to the synagogue of Satan. It's all right there in God's word. It's all right there in God's word. Now, let's go back to the fact that even though Canaan was cursed, the Sabbath, now you listen to me very careful. The Sabbath hath the power to stop the curse. Well, let's just look at the power of it. All right. Well, you say, well, now Noah is older than Moses. And why is it that Noah, uh, and though Moses said on in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, no man should work, neither his ox, nor his ass, nor a slave, or anybody, his manservant, nor his maidservant, on the Sabbath, right? That, why is it that, that Noah uh, is, the word, uh, is, 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 uh, is lesser than no, Moses, because Moses, Noah is older than Moses. Well, no, it is the age of the two prophets, Noah. If you say, well, whose word should take precedent? Uh, uh, Noah said Ham should serve, Cain should serve, and Moses said, but not on the Sabbath day. Well, we can mitigate it and say, we'll just mitigate, no point in arguing who's the oldest. But no, no, that's a reasonable argument here. We'll go back to Genesis chapter 1. Well, the Bible says that God rested on the Sabbath day, and that's what takes precedence. That God rested on the Sabbath day, and he's older than Noah or Moses. So now here. So recently we have been teaching you 
that the Emancipation Proclamation of the Canaanites from the curse is the Sabbath day. Now we have established, if you're following me, we have established that at least for one day, no man can order Canaan to work. At least for one day, no man can order Canaan to work. If he does, he's fighting and violating God's word and Canaan does not have to obey him. Not on the Sabbath. Not on the Sabbath. That the Sabbath breaks the curse. So, okay, we'll agree to that. Yes, some of you will, maybe some of you won't. Maybe some of y'all are still out there in Nicolation land and people are getting angry with me and jealous and can't stand the idea of the Canaanites being free and having a power over them. Man, it's a mess out there now in, 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 in the Manning land. It's a mess out there. These people have all these old weird, ugly thoughts toward me. It's a mess, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Not now. So I said that Almighty God said that the Sabbath, that if Canaan and Ham would keep the Sabbath worldwide, all throughout the island chain, all the way down to Aruba, all the way over to Grenada, Falcon, St. Lucia, all the way up to Bermuda, the Grand Cakes, Turcos, Caicos Turks, all the way over to Cayman, all up in Texas, Oklahoma, up in Tennessee and Kentucky, up in Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland, Georgia, all up in there and out in Los Angeles, up everywhere else that Ham and Canaan has settled. That if he would get together, now listen to me very carefully and run and get at least one person. First of all, you convert to Sabbath worship and then get at least one other person to convert to Sabbath worship. But listen to me very carefully before you leave. Now, we have established, we have established that the Sabbath breaks the curse of slavery. That's right. Canaan did not have to work for Shem or Japheth on the Sabbath. It breaks the curse. No man shall work. Good God Almighty. Hallelujah. Good God Almighty. Now. God said to me, see, now you go tell them that if every Canaanite in the islands, Jamaica, St. Croix, St. Kitts, every Canaanite in the Dominican Republic, including Cuba, every Canaanite and Hamite will with one spirit and one blood and one tongue and one voice keep the Sabbath day that it will break the power of the curse. And I said, good God Almighty, hallelujah. Woo! I, 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 I'm not one given to get excited often. So you'll pardon me for that one infraction of what you might consider to be civility. But I had to, because when you come, no, come on, let's, let's reason together. Let's go back over it again. God said, no man shall work on the Sabbath day, not even a manservant, a maidservant. No man shall work on the Sabbath day. Is that right? Even a cursed man, even a slave cannot work on the Sabbath. We got that right. So the Sabbath breaks the curse. The Sabbath supersedes the curse of Noah on Canaan. Is that right? We all see that. 
And now Jesus is saying to me, to tell every Canaanite and every Hamite that if they all with one accord, wheresoever they may be found on planet earth, will keep the Sabbath and honor it as holy as the day of worship, it will break the curse. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Not civil rights, not marching, not legislation, not the White House, not a black president. But this is as simple as A, B, C, and one, two, three. All you have to do is get your Canaanite and Hamite brother to observe the Sabbath day as the day of worship and honor to Almighty God. And when he does that in unity, it breaks the curse. Well, it already does. It's just he's stepping in agreement with God's word of breaking the curse. And God says, when he does it, that it will bring untold wealth and power to him. Now, I was talking last time we were together, remember? I was speaking to you. And I was saying to you that when Canaan and Ham makes the commitment to get out of the jigaboo, listen, Japheth lied to you, homie. And he told you, and the Catholics, Japheth and the Catholics, they lied to you. They told you to worship on Sunday. It's a lie. And God gave me a very special revelation about why he did not go to heal Lazarus or to raise Lazarus from the dead because he got the news on Sabbath Eve. He would have had to travel on Sabbath, the Sabbath. And according to the laws of Moses, which Jesus observed, you were only able to walk 15 uh, furlongs, I believe the 15 is the number. If I'm wrong, I'll be corrected by some scholars. But you were only allowed to walk a certain distance. And Bethany was many, many, many hundreds of furlongs away from where Jesus was when he first got the news. You were only able to carry two apples on the Sabbath day. And when Jesus allowed the disciples to husk the corn, they did not go above the weight of two apples. If a woman was stitching clothing or sewing and had to make a quick uh, wardrobe adjustment, she could only sew, I think, 40 stitches uh, on the Sabbath day. So God gave me the revelation and told me the people have never heard this in all the days that they've ever been in church or in the synagogue. That the reason why Jesus waited two days before he started making his journey into Bethany to raise Lazarus from the dead was because he would have had to work and walk on the Sabbath day. They would have had to walk all day long and they would have been, stumped, they would have been walking in darkness and stumbling because they would have had to eat unless they fasted. They would have had to do various things that were, pre, they were prevented. So it would have been Jesus and 12 other men that would have been violating the Sabbath to try to get to Lazarus. And if they got there uh, on the Sabbath, they, he certainly was not going to raise Lazarus 
from the dead on the Sabbath day. No Jew, I mean no Jew, will go anywhere near a dead body, let alone carry more than two apples or two ears of corn on the Sabbath day. But no Jew will go anywhere near a dead body. Any Jew that went anywhere near a dead body was unclean until the end of the day or the next morning. Read it right there. See, these people, a lot of this, some guy was arguing with me on Waverly Marsh page. The guys are ignoramus. He's ignorant and jealous, too, and a Sabbath breaker. No, you can't go near a dead body. You're unclean. And you definitely would not go to a dead body on the Sabbath. So Jesus gave me all this information. And this jealous Sabbath breaker or Waverly Marsh page was arguing with me the other day. But at any rate, here. So Jesus waited two days before he went to raise Lazarus from the dead. And by the time he got there, it was Monday. He raised Lazarus and that was the end of it. But it was after the Sabbath day. And so then Jesus went on to tell me, he said, now tell everybody. I said, they never heard that before. I said, no. He said, now tell him. He said, now even Mary, Mary Magdalene and the others who wanted to anoint my body and wash my body. Because they took me down off that cross on Good Friday. After that soldier had pierced at my side with that sword and they put that crown of thorns on my, man, I was dripping blood. Blood was caked up all on my head. Blood was caked up on my side. I had nail prints in my hands. The blood had dried up. And when they put me in that tomb, uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene, the others wanted to come and to wash that blood and to clean me up and to prepare my body. But they would not do it because the Sabbath had come and they would not clean even Jesus' body on the Sabbath day. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, starting at verse 1, at the end of the Sabbath did the women come uh, to wash Jesus' body. But they wouldn't do it. As dirty and blood caked as Jesus' body was, they wouldn't touch him on the Sabbath day. But that's an ignorant preacher out there on Waverly Marsh. You ignorant and hateful and jealous too. Because God gave me that revelation. I think the devil used him. In fact, I know the devil. Anyway, so God told me to say this to let people know that to the Canaanites and to the Hamites, that if you will unite, if you got a family member, uh, if you go ahead now and give yourself. And by the way, Japheth, you can join in this. Japheth, you can join in. Uh, and if Japheth, if you choose not to join in, do not fight your brother Canaan. Do not fire him. Do not hire somebody in his place. Do not call somebody to do his work that he would normally do on Saturday. Don't fight him. Don't you fight against God's word because it's not your, your brother Canaan or Ham that you're fighting. You're fighting God's word. It's God Almighty. His name is Jesus that established the Sabbath. Don't you fight. Don't you fire him. Don't you punish him. Don't you make things bad for him because he's now chosen to, to be the Sabbath worshiper. But Japheth, you can be a Sabbath worshiper as well, but you got to get out of them lying uh, churches that, that violate God's Sabbath and worship on Sunday. You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. It's up to you. It's up to yourself. It's up to yourself. Let me say something to you. Let me say something to you. There are a lot of people listening to me now 
who would to God when I told them not to worship and vote for Obama or to give their hearts over to them, that, that they would have listened to me eight, nine years ago, seven years ago, that they would have listened to me. And when I told them not to do it, they did it anyway. They did it anyway. Now, with all their heart and soul, they would to God that they had just listened to me and how much better they're like, they keep imagining, oh, if they could just call me pastor once again. Oh, if they could just have the fellowship of knowing that, that I'm their pastor once again. But no, they didn't do it. Now, there are many Japheth people and Shemites now that I told, don't vote for tribulation Trump. Don't go near that dead body. Don't go near that tribulation Trump. But they did it. Now, it hasn't been seven years. It's just been a few months. And now they're saying, oh, if I had just listened. Oh, if I could just call Pastor Manning, my pastor. Oh, if I could just call and get him on the phone. You know, you can call Pastor Manny and get him on the phone and he'll talk to you. I used to be able to talk to him. Oh, if I could just do that again. Donald Trump hasn't done anything to, my, to satisfy my spiritual soul. Oh, the economy may be humming, but I don't really believe he's the reason for it. My soul is so empty now that I don't have Pastor Manning as my pastor. He told me not to vote for Tribulation Trump. He told me not to go down that road, he told me. And I did. So I'm saying to you, I'm saying to Canaan and to Ham, that uh, go, first of all, you and Japheth, you too. You can join in this. No, you can, this you can be a part of. Did you hear me a part of? But go, if you're Canaanite or Hamite, can, uh, give your heart over to becoming a Sabbath worshiper and never go back in them Sunday churches again. And once you get converted, go strengthen the brethren. Go and find at least one other person. Make it your mission over the next 40 days. To find one other person who you can sit down and tell them that Canaan has been search free. Dr. King didn't do it. Obama didn't do it. But God did it long before these men ever lived. When he said that no man shall work on the Sabbath day. And even the curse of Noah had to stop for 24 hours on the Sabbath day. Because God spoke it. And God was the first one that observed the Sabbath day. And this is a power that God has given. They didn't want to spread down through the islands of the Caribbean and all over North America that God has given this power. Go and find one other person over the next 40 days and tell them about this truth. And God says, and God says, and God says to all Canaanites and Hamites, observe the Sabbath day. The unity of that will bring wealth like you've never seen before. The unity of that will cause Wall Street to stop. The unity of that will recognize that the twills of Wall Street cannot turn until the sons of Canaan and the sons of Ham give them permission. My friends, this is from the Lord. This is the word of Almighty God. This is the word of Almighty God, and it's wonderful. And the Lord has sent me to say, and now, so here, 
I, 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 I was talking to some other messages about how we go down in the Caribbean and we need to change the names. We need to do what Saint uh, Toussaint Overture did with Haiti. It was named after some French saint named Saint Dominique. Well, Dessalini is in, and, 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 and Toussaint Louverture said, no, we ain't going to have it. And they named it an original name from the Aborigines or Aboriginals, pardon me. And they call it Haiti, the land with high mountains. Oh, man, there's just been so much teaching. But now true liberation. You know, I have taught many, many years that uh, God is the one that cursed Canaan and made him a slave to Japheth and Shem. God is the one. It came out of the mouth of a preacher of righteousness. Now listen to me very carefully now. Listen to me very carefully. God, his name is Jesus. He is the one that cursed Canaan, that he shall be a servant to Shem and Japheth. And so throughout all of my time as a preacher, 35 years, I've been saying, well, if it's God that put the curse there, then only God can take the curse back. I've been telling. I said, Dr. Martin Luther King can't take that curse back. Obama can't take the curse back. It was God that put it there. John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, the Civil Rights Movement, and all that other crowd, they can't take back what God has put down. I told them they wouldn't listen to them. They thought I was crazy. They said I was a hater, that I wasn't a black man, that I wasn't with the black man, that I'm against the black. No, I was just saying, man, you, you know, you're part and fool around these people. If God put it there, then only God can move it. You can't ask Mahatma Gandhi to move the curse that God put in place. But now listen, I've told you that God has moved the curse by the Sabbath day. Good God Almighty. Lord have mercy. This is the word. This is not civil rights. This is not a political ideology. This is not a racial thing. God, his name is Jesus, has moved the curse by saying no man shall work or serve any other man on the Sabbath day. And there you got it. Even when the curse was in full vote for 400 years here in America. But God has said now, with that truth being recognized, with that truth being recognized, that if all Canaanites and Hamites will unite and with it with one voice and one blood and one tongue, Throughout all of the islands and all of Africa and all of every place else, Canaan and Ham may find himself. If he will observe the Sabbath day, the curse shall never return. That's just how that is. That's just, you know, I, I, moving it to, 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 uh, yeah, to another, I, I didn't get to the teaching about Sabbath is a rock. And we were, I got to get there. The, the Sabbath is your rock. But I wanted to talk, and I don't know how much time left, but I wanted to say a word or so about Canaan land. You know, when God, his name is Jesus, called Moses to march the Jews, Shem, out of Egypt into the Sinai, and then Joshua led them across the Jordan, or the Transjordan, into uh, uh, Jericho and, and all of Canaan. That was Canaan land. When God told Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and Abraham was probably a half, half 
have Japheth person. I don't know what he what he was Abram. He was Abram then. God told Abram to go down into Canaan land. And he got there in Bethel, the Bible said he made an altar to the Lord and prayed there because the Canaan land was blessed. We've always been blessed. We've always been blessed. I said, we've always been a, a blessed people. Look at me. Look at me. Just, and I said, I'm boasting and bragging. No, I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. We've always been blessed. Always. And God gave that blessed land. God gave that the richest, blessed, most blessed, the richest place on planet Earth. God gave it to Shem. I'm okay with that. It belonged to my brother Canaan, but I'm not, I'm not mad. I ain't running around here trying to Black Panther the thing. No, God gave that blessed, rich, powerful land flowing with milk and honey. He gave it to Shem and it belonged to Canaan. He gave us, I'm all good. I'm all right. Now God is saying all those islands, all those islands down the whole island chain from Aruba, everywhere, St. Dominique, all those islands, Grenada, all up in Jamaica, St. Kitts, St. Croix, all up in the U.S. Virgins and the British Virgin, all up in the Cayman, all up in the Grand Turks, all up in Cuba, all up in Bermuda and the Bahamas, all up in there, all of that now belongs to Canaan, all he has to do is from one end to the other end on the Sabbath day, keep it holy and honor God. And that's it. That's it. And then I'm out there speaking. I told you, and I really got to go. Now I told her, I said, now listen, you Japheth people are, because a lot of people, man, the, the anger that's going on out there against me, that ain't right. Now don't you, it ain't right. Because you can be a Sabbath worship, but what I, the Lord told me, he told me this morning, he said, Japheth hates the Sabbath. Them Catholics and Southern Baptists, they hate the Sabbath. They hate it. And then he told me when the Jew, when the Southern Baptists and the Jew get together, their new name is called the Nicolaitans. I said, wow. And God says he hate them. Oh, a lot of hate going on. But no, listen, Japheth, you can, you can join but don't you, don't you hinder your brother. Don't you put no stumbling block in front of your brother if he wants to be off on the Sabbath day. Don't you put no him. And then the other thing is that we got to rename those islands down there. St. Croix, St. Thomas. We got to rename. We might let St. Thomas go, but we, you know, because if it's Thomas of the, of the Bible, but if it's Thomas of them, one of them freaks from over there in London, we ain't going to have that. You know, St. Croix, which means a cross. I'm not sure why you want to call the cross the St. Cross. That's a little bit Catholic to me, if you will. You know, there's Catholics like the, you know, but the cross is the cross. St. Cross, St. Croix. But no, we're going to read that. I've got a lot of work to do. But here's what you need to do. Listen to this teaching again. And then let the Lord lead you to become a Sabbath worshiper. Don't be scared. You got to leave the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And listen, you know, you say, well, I'll leave the Pentecost. Pastor, man, I ain't never heard you speak in tongues. Well, have, have you ever heard me say Atla? Where'd you take that come from? Well, I don't, listen, I don't use speaking in tongues like a used car salesman say this is the best deal you can ever get. No. I'm with the I'm with the Paul, I'm Paul on this. Let there be somebody to interpret. 
Paul said, I'd rather speak five words in English than something I can understand than 10,000. So nobody knows, knows, knows what you're talking about. So, no, so what, you say, well, Pastor, you know, I've been in the church, a Baptist church, a Methodist all my life. Well, you've been, probably been crazy all your life, too. At any rate, uh, so listen to this again and then make it your business to convert at least one person in the next 40 days. I tell you what, I tell you what, if you're sick, uh, go find one person and convert them. And I believe God will hear you. If you got a financial challenge, a problem, you know, um, I, maybe I get to this another time. Open your eyes, ministry. Open your eyes, ministry. This is a little bit self-serving, but I want to say to Jafe, if you know, I've been a, God has used me, and I have blessed your life more than any Japheth or Shemite preacher you have ever known. All the days of your life, it's come from a man whose skin color is like mine, and whose voice comes from a coarse lips and a big nose. But you ain't never been blessed by no Shemite or Japheth person the way God has used this man with his big nose and these coarse lips to talk to you. Indeed, you probably even never known a man, a Japheth man, that is as honest and upright. You probably never known a Shemite, a Jewish man, who is as honest and upright as James David Manning. You've probably never known him. And the other thing is that you've never known a man who stands tall as a man who you can't bend or break. Most men you've come into their lives, you've been able to buy them, break them, scoundrel them, but you've not been able to do that with the Lord's servant. So now, go ahead. Trust in the Lord means the Lord needed somebody to come and bring this message. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say a word of prayer, but before that, well, let's go to the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, let one heart today, whether the heart be in Africa or Australia or in Oklahoma or Washington State or down in Aruba or in St. Kitts or in Guyana or in Jamaica or in South Carolina or Jacksonville or Anywhere in between, let one heart today hear and say, I am not going to live to satisfy a tradition of black people by staying in the black Baptist church. I'm not going to give my life to satisfy that tradition of the civil rights by staying with the black Baptist church and the civil rights and all their honor and all their whatever it is that they do. But I'm going to step out now. I'm going to step out for the time has come and give my life over to this word that's going to set the captive free. The power of the Sabbath day is all the preachers taught us about. He's taught us the power to break the curse that's long since been broken by the power of the Sabbath. And the first person to keep the Sabbath was you, almighty God. And then I'm going, once I get settled in my Sabbath worship, I can always come if I can't go back to the church and I don't want to go back in that house where they blaspheme and I live too far away from uh, Atla to come every week. I can turn on the ministry at 10 o'clock in the morning on the Sabbath 
and I can worship with my pastor and my fellow members. And then I'm going to get one other person to unite with me and become a Sabbath worshiper. And in your name, Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Now, let's let me say this to you as well, because I got to go. That. When you bring people, let's say for you bring people to our church, we had a woman come in this past Saturday, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> and she brought, I think I brought her daughter with her. She loves the ministry. So she brought her daughter because she wants her daughter to hear. Now, daughter's probably, you know, out there in the world, out there and whatever it is that they do. And when you hear me preach, it's, I say some things that are shocking. You know, and I talk like a man. I don't back up. I talk like the authority of God. And people aren't used to hearing. They're used to mealy mouse preachers always sweet watering and sweet talking and trying to get you to, you know, you know, and, and they, I don't do that. And you know I don't. And that, that, that daughter, it looked like she got upset with me. And the mother was trying to, you know, no, just listen to them. When you bring people and you tell people, all right, let's watch them on Saturday. Tell people this. Now, listen. Uh, he's going to say some things that you're going to be offended by. Uh, but understand it, it, that he's only speaking the truth. It, don't just decide that you ain't going to never listen to him no more, that you ain't going to never come back to the building no more. You ain't gonna, just give it, give it at least seven more times and then after that pray and see whether he be a man of God or not. That God doesn't have to cut deals and sweet talk you. But if you just if you don't prepare them, if you don't prepare their heart, the first time they hear me preach, they're going to run. They're going to run and want to kill you. Say, What's wrong with him? <laughs> now, but, you know, you know, get people to say, listen, listen to me at least seven times. If that don't work, you give them seven more times. Why can he talking about Obama? Don't he know that the first black president? And why he talking about tribulation Trump? Don't he know God sent him? <laughs> You know, tell him this. Just, just listen to the man. That's all. Just listen to him. <laughs> all right, everybody. I got to go. Mr. Engineer, take me to the top of the hour. What I'm about to say to you is the power that will cause Wall Street to come and ask us to bless them. Well, what I'm about to announce to you We'll call peoples and persons from Hades and purgatory to heaven itself to come and ask us for a blessing. What I'm about to announce to you will make you rich, wealthy, and blessed and healthy far beyond your wildest imaginations. What I'm about to announce to you will break the history of slavery and make you say, thank God we were and thank God you brought us to this point because it's through those hard times we've come to realize the power of this word that we're now receiving. And the word I want to say to you that's going to give us all of this power greater than the march of Dr. King, greater than any black president, greater than anything else. If we who are Hamites, the sons of Ham, those who are African, those who are Indian, those who are Chinese, those who are of the black top and the brown skin. If we Hamites and then Canaanites, who are the ones who have taken up all the islands from Guyana to Venezuela to Belize to Latin America to St. Lucia, Grenada, Falcon Islands, all the way up the Cayman, all that region in there called the islands of the island chain, especially the Canaanites, were we with one voice to say with one heart and one spirit 
that we are going to honor the Sabbath day. We are going to honor it as a day of worship. We're going to move away from the day that Japheth had led us erroneously to worship on Sunday and worship on Saturday. Now listen just a moment. Listen very carefully. If, if every person in the islands, if every person in Guyana, every person in Belize, every person of a Canaanite, Hamite color and skin and blood in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi, you know who I'm talking about. If we all with one accord say that we're not going to seek power from the White House, but we're going to seek power from God's house, we're going to with one spirit do the right thing. We're going to worship on the Sabbath day. Now, if every Canaanite in the island said they're going to worship on the Sabbath day, the hotels will have to shut down. The meal services will have to shut down. Wall Street would take a look at us. If every person in New York that's a Canaanite, that's a Hamite, if every person that's a Canaanite or a Hamite across America and across the world said, we're just going to do what God said. We're not marching. We're not the Black Panthers. We're not the Black Lives Matter. We're just going to do what God said. And we're going to honor the Sabbath day. What are they going to say about it? Well, are they going to say we're militant? Are they going to say that we should be arrested? No, we're just going to do. And with that kind of unity, with all Canaanites and Hamites coming together, it will shut down the world on Saturday and people will have to wait for us to come back to work or come back to the places where they, and you can say hallelujah right there. You can give God some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. No. Can I, can I, I share something with you about Sabbath. Japheth has lied to us. He has lied. Constantine and the Catholic Church, they've lied to us and took us away from the Sabbath and got us worshiping on Sunday or got them worshiping on Sunday. But if every Canaanite blood and every Hamite blood worship on Saturday, the world will have to wait until we stop praying before they can start running again. That's power. That is power. The Jews have been doing it for years, but it's not as many of them as it is. When the Jews say we're not going to school on Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, you can't get in a schoolhouse. They shut the schools down. We can shut down Wall Street if we get together and say that we're going to worship on the Sabbath day. We can shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let me shout something to you about the Sabbath. Well, eh, 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 these old swine dancing preachers. Here they're the Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, lying, told. Here they come. Uh, 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 no matter what day we worship on. God, can I share something with you? The Lord told me to come and tell y'all this. The Lord told me to tell you how important the Sabbath is. And then we got to spread this word all down in the islands. We'll probably do better down there than we do up here that we're going to unite we may not be together on everything else but we can get together on God's word on the Sabbath day but God told me to tell you this I said God his name is Jesus said you're going to tell the people something they've never known or never heard before what is it Lord what is it he said remember when Lazarus got sick I said well yeah I know about it he said, and a messenger came to me and told me that Lazarus was sick come and heal him like I've healed everybody else 
And I stayed in the same place where I was two days. And then two days after, it was a two-day journey. So by the time I got to where Lazarus was, he had been dead for four days. I said, well, I know that. He said, well, the reason why I didn't go is because when the messenger came, now Jesus told me this. When the messenger came, it was Sabbath Eve. And if I had gone, I would have been walking on the Sabbath day. I waited till the Sabbath ended. And then on Sunday, when the Sabbath ended, I made my two-day journey over to Bethany where Lazarus was. Even though he had been dead for four days, I waited until after the Sabbath before I raised him up. I said, well, Lord, I ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, well, no, you ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, but let me tell you something. You go back and tell them because they're going to be jealous of you with that kind of anointing. You go back and tell them when they put me in the grave and they rolled a stone in front of me and they made it as secure as they possibly could. They laid me in that tomb. They laid me in that grave. And I was going to get up. I told you I'm the resurrection and the life. But I waited until after the Sabbath day. And at the end of the Sabbath, I got up out of the grave. Hallelujah. And boom, chakalaka goes right there. Yes, sir. He said, I would not violate the Sabbath day. I waited until it was over with. And at the end of the Sabbath on Sunday morning, I got up. And I wouldn't, I didn't raise Lazarus on the Sabbath day. It was after, good God Almighty, good God Almighty. Glory. He told me, the Lord, his name is Jesus. The same Jesus that came into that jail cell, the same Jesus that strengthened me to stay in this community in spite of all the hatred, that same Jesus told me to tell you. Now, if you ain't ever heard from Jesus, you just heard him. You just heard from him. Nobody ever told you that. Nobody ain't never told you that. Now, let me read it though, because we got people online. Uh, y'all stand, keep standing. We got people online who don't know what I'm talking about. Let me put this in the context of the Word of God. Y'all keep standing. You're standing in agreement. Is that right? Let me read this here. Uh, verse, chapter 11 of St. John's Gospel. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord. Now we're talking about calling all Canaanites and Hamites to Sabbath worship. Is that right? Not calling them to a special idea, not calling them to be Democrats, not calling them to be Black Lives Matter. We're calling them to honor the Sabbath day. Amen. That there'll be unity. Here, watch this. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place because it was Sabbath Eve. Right? It's Friday. He just got the news. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. 
And after that, say if he took his disciples, all right, let's go into Judah again. His disciples said, it'll make a junkie say Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word, 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 word in my mouth. Continuing uh, the Manning Report, uh, I am here, the quintessential American James David Righteous Rubber Man. The incredible Sabbath, Rachel LaFleur, is still working with the Manning Report. We have gotten into a, a segment of teaching since our return from Haiti that requires me in my, pretty much in my pastor role, uh, until all of what God has put in me has been able to be moved forward. And then we can get back more into a more conversational discussion of the news, which we do so wonderfully and so perfectly and beautiful with Sabbath. Right now, we're focusing on the pastoral role of getting this revelation out and getting the information out. So hang tight. If you're missing Sabbath, just hang tight. She'll be back. Don't run away. Hang tight. Hold your horses. Don't lose your wig. Uh, I, I want to say a word about what's happening uh, in uh, with the Cambridge Analytica and what's happening with the hiring of Joseph de, de Geneva or the conspiracy theorist there is uh, with and what's happening with uh, Robert Mueller and Tribulation Trump and Stormy Daniels. All of that's coming up today, and we may even have a bit of a report on the high school shootings uh, in Maryland. But first. Let me acknowledge that there is a crisis going on in South Africa. And I received a call from uh, someone who I've had some very strong relationships with, both from South Africa and, of course, here in America, uh, regarding asking if there's anything I can do, uh, because there are a number of atrocities that are happening in South Africa uh, with uh, blacks now in power against Afrikanos. Uh, and if I can lend my voice to that process, um, because I, I have done so in the past. And let me just give you a bit of a brief outline. Uh, this certainly does not describe everything that's happening in terms of the atrocities, murders, and killings and rapings that are going on in South Africa. But let me just read something for you here and now, and I'll tell you what my premise and thesis is at present regarding the South African farmer killings. White farmers in South Africa claim they are being targeted in a series of brutal attacks over land and that are being overlooked by the police and implicitly encouraged by the country's parliament. Also, activist groups promoting the rights of white people in the country claim there have been 90 recorded attacks in 2018 so far, with one farmer murdered every five days on average. 
last month, the South African Parliament passed a motion saying it will consider amending the Constitution to allow the government to seize uh, farmland without providing compensation, a move which the white nationalist lobbying group Afroforum claims protected uh, projected rather and exacerbated the view that attacking white farmers is justified. Now, I, I want to to say that during the time of the, uh, the of the South African apartheid regime, Elizabeth and I were there. We met with President de Klerk and uh, we met with Bishop Desmond Tutu. Uh, uh, Nelson Mandela was still in Robben Island, and in the latter years, uh, we were able. Uh, and I came back from South Africa saying that the Zulus lost that land in a fair battle uh, to the Afrikaners. Um, and, and, and so it was uh, that uh, they lost, they lost. Um, and while I thought apartheid had some of its brutal tactics that probably certainly could be alleviated. Um, I simply pointed up the biblical point of Canaan and Ham and service and all of that. Uh, but, but what I want to say now, I've been asked to see if I can lend my voice to ease the attacks upon the white farmers uh, there in, in, in South Africa. But before I give a, a statement to that, let me, let me say this. Um, I gave my voice to the Japheth people here in America during the horrible years of Obama. They were very oppressive years in many regards. And I gave my voice to many Japheth people. Uh, including the people that call and ask me to speak out now on behalf of what's happening in South Africa as a voice of reason, as a voice of truth. And I, I, so I gave my voice to Japheth America, to the Tea Party, and to many others during the Obama years and regime. Uh, but when Tribulation Trump came, and I gave my voice because it was a voice of truth. It was not necessarily a voice simply that was for sale. My voice was not to be purchased, uh, to be used as a battering ram against uh, Hamite or Canaanite people and Obama, who was a half-breed Japheth. But no, it was a voice of truth, and I, as a large servant. Before I make a decision about giving my voice to help the white farmers in South Africa, I have to say this that I have been treated like a dog by the same people who I gave my vote, Japheth people and Shemites. I mean, I had a, 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 a Shemite person uh, come on our broadcast. I forgot his name. I'm not purposely not trying to call his name. I forgot his name. Uh, used to be on our broadcast all the time. He's a Shemite. Uh, what was that brother's name? Who? It wasn't like Greg Jackson was one, but there was the other one. Who? Avi Lipkin. And you know, Avi Lipkin got, came on my broadcast as a Shemite and told me that Russians were better, was, were better Christians than I am. You know, uh, because he wants to support Obama and he loves to go down into the J5 churches with his Jewish, we love Jews and we love Christians. Uh, but he's just one of thousands who, uh, in the support of Obama, trashed me, showed contempt for me. Uh, and, and, and many of their children are on my website, whether YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, calling me ugly names. 
giving me the flipping the bird and using the F word and using the N word and telling me how to go back to robbing houses as a burglar again. These are the same people that asked me to help them when Obama was in power, the way uh, the, the, the Zulus are in power now in South Africa. But you ought to see them. I mean, you ought to hear them. You ought to see the things that they're saying. I mean, they, uh, Avi Lipkin, Greg Jackson, a whole lot of them, you know, that have now decided that tribulation Trump is Jesus ordained and that now I am a, 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 an N-word, I'm a this, I'm a that. So I have to tell you, there is very little integrity. And I, I, I spoke about this on Saturday at length. God has withdrawn himself from these people. So I'm not really angry with them. You don't hear any anger in my voice. God has withdrawn himself from these people, not because of me, but because they gave themselves over to this orange hat orangutan, this New York liberal, this Fifth Avenue shooter, this bankruptcy king, this coochie grabber, this con man, this pathological liar, this coke kid, this tribulation Trump. God, his name is Jesus, has withdrawn himself from them so they can't see me now except to see me as an enemy. Uh, but I, I thought I'd say that uh, because you ought to, you know, they couldn't get enough of me. But now God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. Paul wrote about this to the Roman church. He also wrote about to the Thessalonica church that they were given a spirit of delusion in his second letter to the Thessalonians in the second chapter, verse 11. So I, I thought you might want to look now at these very same people. Many of them sat at my table and slept in my house. But when this orange hat orangutan, this pathological liar, this psychopath, this douchebag, you know, when I see tribulation Trump, I swear before God and seven other mandingos, or Zulus for this matter. I, I'm not lying to you. When I see him and I hear him talk and I see him flip his hands, I think about going to the toilet and pushing the plunger because that's just what he looks like, one gigantic contiguous T-U. You know what I mean. That's what he, he is so uncouth. He's unfit for the office of president. Forget about his politics. He's just unfit. He's uncouth. He's despicable. Flush him. God uh, almighty. Get, but you know, no, the Japheth boys and girls, now all of a sudden, you know, I'm the N-word. Go rob a house, you burglar, you, they say to me. Okay. I. So, you know, I would think that if you feel that there are atrocities in South Africa, and they are, you know, they are, um, they're killing the farmers here in South Africa. And South African Parliament is working uh, towards passing laws to take uh, the farmers' property. Uh, and it probably will pass. There are probably more deaths. I'll give my voice 
uh, I'll, I'll, about what I'm going to do. What I, I at, at present, and don't you think you know what I'm going to say, and I'm going to end this discussion here in just a moment, but what I want those of you who are still listening to me, if there's anybody out there listening, I want you to know how I've been deserted and hated because I spoke the truth about this piece of trash, this, 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 this toilet bowl field, this, this cemented case of diarrhea called tribulation Trump, how I have been now spoken of and treated. So, you know, you need to think about that uh, because when they needed a helping hand during the years of Obama, I was there. Now the people of South Africa need a hand. They need a voice. Um, and should I help? Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we put it this way? Why don't all the people that have... Uh, have used all kinds of worship tactics and lies against Jesus that he sent tribulation Trump repent for that. And maybe that repentance will help the white farmer. In fact, I'm sure it will. It'll help the white farmer in South Africa. So let me start there. Let me start there because tribulation Trump is an oppressor and a dictator, a demagogue and a tyrant from way back when. So I think the best way to help South Africa is for the Japheth brothers who have now deserted me and gone worshiping and whoring after this toilet field, this toilet bowl field called Tribulation Trump. Maybe if they'll repent, things will get better in South Africa. I'm James David Manning, everybody. I'm the Lord servant. My friends, I want to invite you to our Easter worship service. The Holy Week will be ending, um, and uh, the 1st of April will be the Resurrection Day. Y'all refer to it as Easter, and I'll go ahead and talk your language for the time being. It is not a pagan holiday. It's respect of Jesus having been on the cross, crucified, laid in the grave for three days, got up on Sunday morning, honoring the Sabbath before he got up out the grave. It's going to happen this year on the 1st of April. Don't confuse it with April Fool's Day. <laughs> and um, we want to invite you to two worship services on that day. One at 7 o'clock in the morning and the other at 10 o'clock in the morning. And in between those two services, we're gonna have a little light breakfast of some finger food and things that you can pick up, some juices and cheese and smoked salmon and onions and that kind of thing, just quickly you can eat. And then we'll go to the next worship. If at all possible, we're gonna hold both of the worship services outdoors in our courtyard, if at all, if the weather permitting. Now, if it's a bit chilly, we're gonna to have to go inside, which we will do. But if we get a warm temperature above 60 degrees on those mornings, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold it on the outside. We're looking forward to holding it on the street and having a great time. But you're invited. There's going to be some, some powerful, joyous gospel singing. I mean, there's going to be at least 10, 12 gospel songs that's just going to really just set your soul on fire. And then, of course, I'm going to do some preaching as well. And most of the singing will take place at the 10 o'clock worship, but 
Some will take place at the seven o'clock worship as well. And prior to that, on Good Friday, we're going to have worship as well. And weather permitting, we're going to have it out on the outside in the courtyard. Uh, and we will start at 12 noon to 3 o'clock. We'll have seven preachers. And this year, the speakers are going to be all women that will be speaking the seven sayings from the cross. It'll be very exciting. Uh, we've had all women once before, maybe. I don't know. But we're definitely going to be doing it uh, on this coming Friday. Um, this coming Good Friday, rather. So we're inviting you to come and be a part of it. Of course, our Palm Sunday worship service is coming up this week. Um, so we want to invite you to come. It's going to be April the 1st. Don't get fooled with April Fool's Day at 7 o'clock in the morning. And if possible, it's going to be on the street. There will be seating that we'll have on the street if we have. If not, the weather's cool. Of course, we've said that. We'll be inside. There's going to be joyous, soulful gospel singing like you've never heard before. And then there'll be some stomp down preaching by yours truly. That's at 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Easter Sunday. Amen. And then the Good Friday worship service. Live in the New York area. Come on to the Good Friday. Get Good Friday off. Be here by 12 noon because we start right on the dock with seven of the sayings from the cross. We'd love to have you come, participate, and be a part of it. All right, my friend, we've got the question coming up in just a few moments at the bottom of the hour. Will there be a spiritual or physical earthquake before Pentecost? And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But for the time being, I want to raise the question about collusion. Exactly what is collusion? Is, is, is it a, a campaign working with a foreign government or an illegal entity in order to advance that particular campaign or party or individual um, done against campaign regulation laws and finance and all that kind of thing. So what Cambridge Analytica did in terms of using Facebook as a platform suggested by this uh, Russian professor who teaches both here in America and Russia in St. Petersburg uh, to go into Facebook under the ruse of taking a survey based on an academic study that this, this Russian uh, spy had the credentials to present to Facebook, and they allowed him to release the information. And once the uh, Russian uh, spy was able to get the information released on the academic pretext, uh, from Facebook, from some 270,000 people that participated in the survey, uh, then they were able to put their malware and their viruses into those 270,000, and it crawled through all of Facebook, garnering information on 50 million people. I believe that's a small number. I believe they garnered information on a whole lot more than 50 million, but that's the number they want to start at. At any rate, uh, we want to raise the question, was this collusion? But I want you to hear from the horse's mouth. I'm going to ask our engineer to roll, roll a clip of this whole process of Cambridge Analytica being explained. You also say that Cambridge Analytica was testing Trump's slogans as far back as 2014, right? And this was before he started running. Terms that seemed yeah. fringe at the time, but I, let me get the question out so you can answer. It ended up being part of the Trump mantra. These were terms like deep state and build that wall. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so we were testing all kinds of messages and all kinds of imagery um, that included, you know, images of walls, people scaling walls. Um, you know, we, we tested drain the swamp. 
um, you know, uh, testing ideas of the deep state and, and the, you know, the NSA watching you and, you know, the government is, is you know, conspiring against you. Um, and a lot of these narratives, which at the time would have seen, you know, crazy for a, a mainstream candidate to, to, you know, run on, you know, run on. Um, those were the things that we were finding that there were pockets of Americans uh, who, who, who this really appealed to. And, and Steve Bannon knew that because we were doing the research on it. Um, and, and I was surprised when I saw, you know, the Trump campaign and it, you know, started, you know, talking about, you know, building walls or draining the swamp. And I, I'm remembering in my head, wait, we tested this. Um, so, you know, you, you'd have to ask the company, you know, and, and, and Steve Bannon where they, where they, you know, where they got these narratives. But I know that we were testing these narratives, uh, you know, well before Trump had even announced. A little bit more background on this matter is that the, the way that uh, they were able to do this test and get this information and personal uh, habits and what made people respond, their anger levels, their emotional levels, uh, was the Facebook platform uh, that was secured by this Russian uh, professor who was a spy uh, who worked for Putin in order to get Trump elected. Now, you'll notice that the, uh, the young fellow that made no mention of any of the uh, narratives that uh, uh, Hillary Clinton used. They didn't use or test any statements that would cause people to go one way or the other of Hillary Clinton. So it wasn't just a broad concept. It was a collusion force uh, based on tribulation Trump. But it was, it was uh, the access to Facebook was given to a Russian spy. Uh, and, and thusly, they were then able to cohort with Tribulation Trump, and Trump knew what to say because he'd already tested phrases like drain the swamp, build a wall, lock her up. All those had been tested among some 50, I believe more than 50, I think it was somewhere around 400 million to 500 million people were tested to see what would be your reaction if Trump said build a wall. In fact, Trump's whole speech pattern, every time he gets up to give a speech, uh, even though the speechwriters write things for him, he goes off script because there are several test narratives that Trump says that the Cambridge Analytica has been able to demonstrate you're going to get a roaring response. It is an emotional response to a certain kind of people. And that's what the testing was among some, they say 50 million, I believe it's more like 500 million people. And so Trump uses these as sound bites. And every time he speak, makes a speech, he uses these sound bites and people give these roaring responses. Well, it's already been tested in, in, in the computer before Trump ever gets up to speak. It was already tested before he started running or as he was running, you know, build that wall. And people like that. They, even before Trump ever said it, he, he, that wasn't his idea. That, that wasn't his idea. Drain the swamp. Before Trump ever said it, that wasn't his idea. Uh, th th those are the phrases that were tested in a computer, in a test lab, and Trump now uses them. Was that collusion? Uh, Inasmuch is that it was, it was accessed by a Russian professor who was a spy for Russia, who works for the, for the Kremlin. Is that collusion? I don't hear anybody saying it, and I guess, well, we'll find out soon enough. But we do know now that a lot of people are jumping up and down and saying that Facebook has dropped the ball. That Facebook has allowed all our information to be open to anybody who crawls into our system 
and it raises a question and they can crawl around and find out anything they want to find out about us on Facebook. So now how can the, it cannot be stopped, by the way, this is all of the devil. This is, you know, you're not going to stop Facebook. It's the, it's, the, it's the work of the devil. You say, well, pastor, why are you on it? Well, because there are a lot of people out there need to get dragged off of it. That's why I'm on it. But you're not going to stop Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. The, 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 this is all demonic. The, the very process. Y you know, I got an iPhone. It's a, it's a demonic instrument. You say, why are you carrying a demonic instrument? Uh, well, listen, I walk in demonic places. The, 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 the recent generation has been a generation of demons. And the more demonic something is, uh, the more it grows among a certain set. Anyway, so is this collusion? I mean, what's Trump got to say about this? And what does Fox News have to say about this? And by the way, you know, the, uh, the, the Stormy Daniels thing and all, everything else going on in the world, uh, Trump seems to be a pretty bad boy, you know? But now that we realize that he didn't, these phrases, build a wall, is not his phrase. These phrases drain the swamp and watch him next time he speaks. He's going to use phrases that they've already tested out there with some 50 million people. That's what they say. And you'll know where it's going to get a thud or whether it's going to get a roaring response. Very, very interesting, I think, of what's going on. At any rate, Cambridge Analytica um, is now uh, been shut down. They've been banned from Facebook. You know, I, I, I've been watching something. Um, and uh, the, the, the level of evil that is presently uh, in the media. I understand if you disengage, let's say, for instance, I want to get Facebook wants to put me in jail for saying something they don't like, right? They can put me in jail and I have to stay there for 30 days. But I also understand, I say, I, let's say I say to Facebook, well, I don't want to be on you. I want to, I want to crash my site. They can let me cover it, but I can't take it off. I mean, it's like I can I, I, you can. It's like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you want, but you can't never leave Facebook. Did you know that? You can never leave them once you once they get you, they don't let you go. I mean, there's something demonic about that. There's something demonic about that Mark Zuckerberg running around that damn green T-shirt. There's something demonic about it. And, and then that other guy running around that black T-shirt, the one that founded Apple. What's his name? Steve Jobs. I mean, there's something demonic about these people. Uh, at any rate, no, you, you can't leave Facebook. You can check. You can close your account. But it's still there. And people can still go to it. Ten years after you're dead. There's something wrong about that. But if you say something they don't like, they can shut you down. And then finally, I, people say, man, you're complaining. You know, we have 72,000 subscribers on YouTube. On one of our Facebook pages, I think the public page, anywhere from 17 to 19,000 people that are part of our public page. 17 to 19,000, somewhere thereabouts. And then, of course, on our friend page, Dr. Matt, the James David Man, there's 5,000 usually all the time. And yet, when I post something up, it only gets five or ten views. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. 
And it is because, just because of our political position, because my political position was different. I put something up on, even though I had 70,000 subscribers on YouTube, I got 500,000 views. Something is wrong. Now, I know that there has been a massive campaign by the sodomites, both here in Harlem and also in the ether on social media. And then there's a campaign by Japheth to silence me. I know that. I know that. And, and they have the power to do it. You know, just like the Russian spy was able to trick Facebook or in cooperation with Facebook to get some 270,000 uh, sites and then crawl through them to get another 5 million. You know, our system and voice is is muted and manipulated as well the same way so that we don't get a respectful response to what we do. But thank God people are still listening. <laughs> I got a, a, a message from a fellow over there in, in Ireland. The other day. They said he's in some theological school, but he, there's not a day that goes by. He's a Catholic, but there's not a day that goes by. He doesn't listen. So the efforts to make to, 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 for us to have the kind of impact and import that we once had, Facebook prohibits. They won't let us be recognized that way. The Japheth, the Shemites, uh, I mean the Sodomites rather, and the Japheth and Shemites and gentrifiers here in New York City do have done everything they can and, and actually paid money to various leaders within the community to point to our ministry as one that's not of God and one that should be hated. But we're fighting. And we're going to win. <laughs> but I thought that since we are now see that Facebook has been caught red-handed, I thought I would tell you something about how maniacal they are against people who they don't like and they don't like me. Anyway, I'm the Lord's servant and I love him. No, why should I pay them taxes after I'm doing them a great service? Because we weren't here to do it. The city would have to come in and feed and educate these children. We don't get a dime from the city, the state, nor the federal government. Not one dime, not one dime from any of them demons. Not one dime comes to, to cook that food. Not one dime. Every bit of it comes from the tithe and the offering. And, the, and they say, after we serve all these meals, educate all these children, keep people out of prison, counsel husbands and wives. They say I should pay them taxes also. No! No, we're not paying them any taxes. Why should we? And that's why the tax exemption for churches and charitable organizations was set up in the first place. Because churches do work that ostensibly the state or the government doesn't have to do. They know I've survived some of the most brutal attacks, death threats, fire bombings, lies, assaults. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know I'm in here. They know there's a man in here. James Brown said, open up the door and let a man come in. They know there's a man in here. There's a man in this. They know it. There's a man in this church. They know it. They stood up to Obama and didn't back up. Marched against her. They know there's a man. There's a stoop down. There's a man in this house. They know it. And not they don't come in here because they don't agree. They don't want to come in here because they know they're going to come in here and meet a man. They walk by. 
They feel the vibrations of the church. They feel the vibrations of the building. There's a man in here. Look at him. Look at him. This man. Couldn't beat him. Police couldn't beat him. Obama couldn't beat him. Prison couldn't keep him. Desertion. People are running away. And he's still preaching. Church, Jesus came into my heart. Jesus came into my heart. I sit, we are just a few days away from Holy Week um, and all of the celebrations that accompany that event. And then after the Holy Week has passed, we'll get into another period of 50 days called uh, thereafter called Pentecost, which should happen on the 20th of May. It'll be a Sunday event in this year, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. And the Lord God Almighty was able to present something to me so that I can raise a question to you. And the question is, will there be an earthquake of any sort, whether it's spiritual or physical, uh, before Pentecost as it relates to tribulation Trump um, and what he has brought into the world uh, as a spirit that was hiding in Trump Tower as a negotiator and a, and a gambler, as a sex freak, as a playboy, as a liar and a hustler. Um, and and this, this pimp has now become the most powerful man on planet Earth. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable in context. And as a result of that power, his corruptness has only increased by a million fold. His being a corrupt sex freak, a, a liar, a con man, a hater, a racist was pretty muted as he stayed behind his ivory tower called Trump Tower. But now he's been placed in the White House and his corruption has not been healed. It has been magnified by the, uh, the factor of a million and the whole world is looking at this person whose who's evil only grows with each day. So the question that the Lord, his name is Jesus, would have me ask you, uh, will there be a, an earthquake uh, between now uh, and Pentecost? And Pentecost is important as the day that the church was enlivened by the power of the Holy Ghost as they gathered there in the upper room, as you read in Acts chapter 2. And they were all there on one accord. And the power of God, the Holy Ghost came, the Trinity came and lighted upon all of the 120 that were there in that upper room. And they all began to speak in tongues there uh, in the upper room and out into the street evangelizing like you've never seen before because men from various uh, nations had come to 
uh, Jerusalem for Pentecost, which was a marketing festive day. It was a day of marketers coming uh, to bring their wares and they were converted and went back to their homes and towns uh, with the conversion of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a spiritual earthquake Pentecost was and still remains such. I mean, the, 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 the religions of, of the Greeks, the religion of the Jews, the religion of the world, even the Hindus, uh, those religions were cracked with a major earthquake called Pentecost uh, that shook up the world there in the upper room there in Jerusalem. But the Lord wants me to raise the question with you after observing a couple of things that Trump has been able to bring out. You know, uh, out in the street, they used to say uh, uh, that a Mac daddy could turn a young girl out if she had any potential in her of uh, being a street walker uh, and a flatbacker, they called it in those days, uh, that the right person could turn her out. And the same thing with anyone who had an, a, a, a desire to get high and not to be credible, you could make him a junkie on drugs. And on and on and on and on and on. Tribulation Trump, now this will be very carefully. Tribulation Trump has drawn out dark devil spirits. Now in Pentecost, the disciples gathered in the upper room, drew down the Holy Ghost, and it cracked the earth because the men left Jerusalem that morning carrying the love of Jesus, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, to various nations all over the earth. Tribulation Trump has been able to drag from the deep recesses of the hearts of people like Sean Hannity, who, I mean, he was pretty much a feisty conservative, but now we see something dark and demonic coming out of him. Laura Ingram, Janine Pirro, uh, Waters, and Greg Goldfeld, and, and, and all of these people that it was one thing to be a, a, a conservative fighting for a conservative political view, but this is way beyond just politics. And then the congresspersons, I mean, people are scratching their bald heads trying to figure out why are the Republicans in the House and the Senate not saying a word about the atrocities. I mean, the maniacal, undemocratic, unconstitutional behavior of Trump. And they're just, you know, no one ever thought that, listen, Hitler didn't have this kind of power. I'm telling you, I said, I'm telling you, Hitler did not, now he had Mengele and a bunch of others around him that were freaks, but Hitler did not have this kind of power over the German people. So we're now looking to see whether or not this is going to bring a, a culmination of all this evil produce an earthquake. Well, here, a couple of things, let me run, run this passage and I promise not to inflict myself upon you any further. The Mueller investigation is, it is winding down. Mueller has what he wants. 
He just needs to put a few other stitches together. He has a ton of indictments that he has not announced and they have been kept quiet. But his last object now is tribulation Trump. There's collusion. There's no problem with that. The conspiracy with Russia. But that's not Mueller's main interrogation. Right now, it's obstruction of justice, which is a crime that Trump has committed. And he's in there, he has everything he needs. He could, he could, he, well, he couldn't wrap it up now because I thought if he could, he probably would. But he has all, everything, he has Trump's tax returns for the past 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Trump wouldn't release his tax return. Don't tell that to Robert Mueller. Mueller's got those boys' tax returns. No, he does. And now they're going after Jared and Ivanka for criminal behavior here in New York with that Soho building and Jared and Kushner Enterprises or Kushner Businesses for uh, the apartment schemes and scams they ran here in New York. So that's one thing. Then you've got also the collapse of our government, which is just, uh, you can say what you want, but our government does not have any credibility anymore. I mean, it's just, I don't who cares, the president, if you get another president, there's no credibility anymore because there's, there's such corruption. And then there is, of course, now for many of the, uh, the, the, the Trump supporters, they think this is all a witch hunt. It's all fake news. Okay, fine. Uh, go ahead and say, call it that if you like. And I, I'll, I'll let that stand for just a moment. It is, but I'll let it stand. But Stormy Daniels, is that fake news? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Them things that Stormy is wearing on her chest may be fake. But the fact that she and Trump have been rolling in the hay, <laughs> that ain't fake. And that girl has got Trump not with just uh, n- selfies and nude. That girl has got Trump snorting cocaine. That, that, that girl, listen, when, 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 um, when, when what, what was that? What, what was that mayor down in Washington, D.C. that was, um, that was snorting that coast and smoking that crack pipe down there in Washington. Remember that mayor? Y'all remember him? Marion Barry. <laughs> Listen, who? That ain't nothing. Marion Barry smoking that crack pipe ain't nothing compared to what Stormy Daniels got on Tribulation Trump. She got that boy with jamming enough coke. I mean, he makes Scarface look like he didn't know what he was doing. That girl got it. And I don't know why Trump let her get that on him, but he. I guess she told him that, baby, you, we, me and you, uh, he, I guess I, you can, I guess she asked him to leave Melania. Something, listen, Marion Barry ain't got nothing on Trump smoking crack. <laughs> and she got it. Listen, Stormy Daniels got it. Well, she got it. And that's why Trump is fighting so hard uh, to keep up from releasing it. And, 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 and that's why Michael Cohen <laughs> hocked his house. They, they run out of money. They didn't have it. Trump's out of money. Jared's out of money. Melania's out of money. Everybody's out of money trying to keep all this stuff. They're out of money. And Michael Cohen hocked his house to keep Stormy Daniels from showing the world how Trump snorts cocaine and smokes. Well, he doesn't smoke crack, but he snorts cocaine. And that's what that's all about. Is it going to come out? Yes, we're going to see it. No, we're going to see this one. 
Just like we saw with Marion Barry. All right, that's not, now the other thing is this, is that uh, the, the Russian rage, I made some notes, so you see me looking at notes, okay, all right. Is there, is there going to be an earthquake? Is there going to be an earthquake? I would say this to Stormy Daniels, be very careful. Uh, there are two things. One is, is because Vladimir Putin got photos of Trump snorting coke um, but he's in control of it but Vladimir Putin stormy I would be very careful where I you I'd be very careful because Vladimir Putin uh, and Kim Jong-un love to kill people with nerve agents with chemicals they love to chemicalize you just be very careful, Stormy, and I, I, you know, be very, very careful that Vladimir Putin has not got his eye on you and sent somebody over here to poison you. Be very careful, because he, he loves to do it. He, the boy's crazy, Vladimir Putin. Somebody said, why don't I give him a name? I was thinking about giving the name Joan of Arc, but no, no, I'll give Putin a name pretty soon. Now, the other thing is that, is there going to be a spiritual earthquake? And that is because if, if Vladimir Putin, not Trump, because Trump ain't got no money, and the people that hang with Trump ain't got no heart, but Vladimir Putin, will kill, he will kill Stormy Davis. If this federal court lets uh, Vladimir, uh, let, let, let Stormy do it, uh, they, uh, Putin will kill her. All right, so now, here, now the next thing is the blue wave. I don't put a lot of confidence in this because I don't really care. I don't think these politicians have any integrity, but the Republicans are going to lose the House and the, and the, the Senate uh, come November. That, that's pretty clear. And at that point, all bets are off. If Trump is not in jail by then, they're going to put him under the jailhouse and he'll probably commit suicide or something. Or either Trump will. I mean, Alex Jones is out there promoting that they're going to assassinate Trump and, and, and then say it was a suicide. <laughs> I'd rather say Trump is going to commit suicide and say it was assassination. So we'll, we'll see who's right about that, me or Alex. But the other thing is, is that the, um, uh, the, we've got the truth. There is nowhere the Trump supporter can go in the world. I mean, it isn't like I mean, once Trump is exposed for who he is, snorting coke and a freak, dead broke, Russian money, Russian puppet, uh, that, see, that, there's no place in the world the Trump voter can go because everybody knows all around in Australia, in the darkest part of the hot and top region of Africa, they know about Trump. They, 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 they don't know about Obama, but they know about Trump. And there's no pla there, there is no platform for revenge. In other words, the, the, the Sean Hannity of the world cannot say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Uh, he can't, nobody will accept that. Alex Jones can't say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Nobody will accept that. Nobody will accept it. Because no, everybody will think that they're just, they're, it's a foxhole conversion. Because it was plain as day that Trump was toilet field. He was toilet bowl field. And everybody could see it, yet they licked him and promoted him and pushed that stinking stuff at us called Tribulation Trump 
every day and used whatever power they had to keep us under the oppression and then threw Jesus in the mix and said, Jesus, Senator, there ain't nowhere the Trump supporter can go once he's once he once he commits suicide or once it's all over for him and all of his cards. They might as well commit suicide as well. They'll be running like Hitler's boys running to South America trying to hide themselves away from the justice of the Nuremberg trials. And there will be trials. There will be many trials of the cover up, the lies, the tribulation Trump and his supporters. So is there going to be a spiritual earthquake? The problem is, is all this going to happen before Pentecost? That's my question. Well, let's wait and see. At any rate, everybody, I'm James David Manning. I'm the Lord's servant. I want to put forth a call for five million Hamites, Canaanites, Haitians in particular, and in the league to form a union uh, to contribute $100 each to buy all of Tribulation Trump's properties, starting with Mar-a-Lago and the Trump International Hotel at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., starting there. Five million Hamites and Canaanites uh, contributing $100 each, raising a half a billion dollars to start the process of purchasing, purchasing Tribulation Trump's properties. And the reason why they should going to be purchased, and they'll be purchased at a fire sale, because Trump will be indicted or commit suicide, or the Mueller investigation will tighten a noose around him so tight that he's going to have to sell off, off his properties. I just did a piece earlier where I explained that Tribulation Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, had to hock his house to raise $130,000. Now, you know, when you know, I got to, when you have to hock your house to raise $130,000 to pay a sex bill, ain't no money. They, these boys ain't got no money. They ain't got no money. This went to the drug dealer. At any rate, or loan shop, but at any rate, I, I, I seriously, I want you to be very careful now. Think about this, and we'll see how God will work all this out. If five million Hamites and Canaanites with Haitians in the league, and everybody all down in the islands, invested $100, it would raise half a billion. If 10 million Hamite Canaanites invested $100, it raise a billion dollars. That would be enough money to put in a structured program whereby it would then begin to finance the purchase of Mar-a-Lago in Florida and the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C., the Trump Tower here in New York, and some of the Trump golf courses, the Delray Beach, uh, Trump golf course also in Florida and other properties as well that will be sold at a fire sale because Trump is going to need money. He's going to need it desperately. So I would think that 
if, if those of you out there would hear me, and we can find some people that are credible financial people whose hearts are in the right place, that are either Hamanite or Canaanite, whose hearts are in the right place, but they have great financial expertise. They have been known to deal in an equitable way and an honest way with the people, whether it be a broker from Wall Street or an insurance representative or some other kind of person that is a Hamanite or Canaanite who has financial experience and put together a board of directors, and then hold a conference and ask each Hamite or Canaanite person for $100 only in honor of refuting tribulation Trump for having called Africa and Haiti as an asshole. And most Hamites, you can get 10 million Hamites to come up with $100. That ain't no big thing. You'll get Hamites who want to come up with 1,000 or 100,000 knowing that we can take Trump's properties, all of them, all of them, the man that disparaged uh, Haiti and Africa in the worst way, and we can then run our beautiful children, turn the properties into schools, turn the Mar-a-Lago in, into a school to educate at all levels, into a college to educate and, and, and give Haitian children visas to come to educate themselves and all, from all down in the islands, from down in St. Kitts, from down in uh, Jamaica, can come to Mar-a-Lago and we can turn uh, Trump Tower uh, into an education institution or keep it as a hotel and use it as an international Hamite and Canaanite hotel managed by, we need to find people that are Hamites who have hotel management experience. Uh, we need the people who have worked for the Four Seasons Hotel, who have worked for the upscale, the St. Regis here in, uh, in New York. We have a member of our church who's now studying law who worked for the Waldorf Astoria at one time. We need to find people of the Hamite Canaanite persuasion and ability who have expertise, who work at the Waldorf, who've worked at the Plaza Hotel, who work at the Four Seasons, and who've worked at Marriott's and other Hilton's, and who understand hotel management, so that when we take charge of this, it will not be a skippy organization run down half-hearted. No, it'll be run in the most upscale way, even better than Tribulation Trump is running it. Yeah, and promoted as such. And the education. Well, I'm not talking about my doing this themselves. I just want to get out there and put the idea out there. We need to get out there on the Steve Harvey show and the Tom Joyner and everybody else. I'm putting the idea out there. See, God's given me the strength to blow the idea. God's given me the mouthful of blessings to bless the project. And then we can call for it. And we'll look at the, 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 the pedigrees, the resumes, of those who would want to orchestrate, Senator the President, the board, of, uh, board of directors, the chairman of this organization, bringing five million or uh, ten million Hamites and Canaanites together to then purchase Trump properties, and 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 we even before Mueller ties that noose around his neck completely, let him know that we're watching him, we're waiting for him to fall so we can take his properties. And let everybody else know it as well. But yeah, 
I don't have to run this. You say, Pastor, you're trying to run it. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I ain't got time to run no banking industry. No, I'll, I will teach in a school, but I ain't got time to do this or put together a board of directors or sit down and have coffee in Danish with y'all in some boardroom. I ain't going to do that. That ain't my stick. That ain't my style. I don't do that. I'm just the Lord's servant. I'm telling you what the Lord said. Y'all take it and run with it. Take it and run with it. But I want to be there to bless it. Call it together. Hold the first prayer meeting. And we're going to look for the best and the finest of the Hamites and brothers who got a good record. Now, we, we, we don't want none of these politicians. I'll tell you this right now. Now, I will have some, I do want to have some say. We're, we're, no, no politician. You're congressman. No, no, no. You done been tainted by that chicken blood. You've been eating chicken blood. You're a politician. You've been eating chicken blood. And you have to be, to be a politician to the Hamite community to come out of the hood, you, you sell us out. We know that. Oh, we know that things you have to do. You have to bow down to Mr. Charlie and sell us out. We know that. And that's why we don't want you. Because you've been, you have chicken blood in you. Well, find some brothers that nobody knows about. Find a brother who has demonstrated that he's been upright, upstanding, manages his family well, and has a love for the Lord God Almighty. And he's, he's uh, kept his nose clean. There's somebody out there that can do it. And then put together a constituent of board of directors to serve along with him. And then we'll find people that know how to manage the Waldorf or worked at the Waldorf. And you get the idea. No, I don't have to have, all I want to do is open it up with the first prayer meeting. I, I want to call for it and get out there in the ether and get out there on these broadcast programs and begin to talk about it so the Hamite community can wake up and realize we buy Trump's properties. And we want him to hear about it while he's deliberating. We want him to hear about it. We're going to tell you, brother, when you go, guess what? We're going to be in your house uh, doing the do. Ha! That's right. We're going to be in your house. Listen to James Brown say it loud. <laughs> you know, Maxine Waters' husband is a banker. Is that right? Uh, he is. I think they, 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 so we'll talk to him. I don't know whether he would be suitable for this. I don't know whether because they ran a little trouble in the Maxine Waters, a politician, but she might be able to help us. No, we're going to go ahead now. And uh, I'm, I'm putting it out here today. Uh, you got my information. Call me. Now you will call me or you uh, send an email or you contact me. Uh, put, that, put that number up on the board there, Mr. Engineer. The 877-777-0734, uh, they can call. And then the secretary will take the number, and I'll get back to you when I got the time. I'm a pastor. I got, I got a school I'm running here, and I got sermons I'm preaching, and, a, and a, a report that I'm doing here. And I got people in this community that in New York City that I'm fighting. Well, I'll get back to you when I get Send me an email. Put all that information up. Put the email information up. So you send me an email. You can send it directly to me at otlaw1 at aol.com. I'll take it. But the best thing for you to do now to really get with this, the best thing for you to do is to follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning, right? Follow me on Twitter and, and, and go to my Dr. James David Manning Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. James D. Manning. Now remember, when communicating with me, our, our goal is to get five million of the people that Tribulation Trump called s-holes to 
contribute $100. I will not be the president of it. I will not be the board of directors. I'll, all I want to do is call the meeting. I'm, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm going to call it, anoint it, bless it, pray over it, and then turn it over to people. Amen. Amen. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Nigeria. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I'm from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from Haiti. Mr. Trump, I am from St. Kitts and Nevis. Mr. Trump, I am from Nevis. Let's get close to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Let's get close to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Say Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word, 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 word in my mouth. Jesus. Continuing our extraordinary and exquisite journey of trusting in the Lord, traveling exquisite class, uh, we are excited about the opportunity to trust in the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And right now, our path has brought us to the, the Sabbath day and the power of the Sabbath day and the power of the Sabbath day to break the curse of the slave. It's an extraordinary time in which we find ourselves and we're excited about uh, having demonstrated a kind of faith. Now, let me just say something to you about trust as opposed to faith, and then we'll get to the, sab to the Sabbath and the slave. Uh, we have taught now for more than 10 years that faith is when you come to Almighty God and you need something from him and you get it like the woman with the issue of blood and others who came throughout the Bible of the New Testament by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. Uh, and by faith, all things are possible. And so faith is when you need something from the master. Trust is when the master needs something from you and you give yourself in a process called trust that will allow him to use you any way and any, in any manner in which he so choose to use you. Trust is when Job said that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Trust allowed Job to be the object of Satan's greatest wrath. Took his children, killed them all, grandbabies, everybody. Took his wealth, burned down his house, took his health, and then attacked his wife. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, I want you to come up close for just one second. It's very important, especially those who are kind of sitting there on the limb now listening to me. I put my trust in the Lord. He had need of someone who would be willing, first of all, to stand in the midst of Harlem, the Mecca of the black, the African-American, Negro colored people, and to speak truth to power, speak the truth that came from heaven 
and not from the legislation or from, white, from the White House and speak that truth consistently to people who did not and would not hear it, who had in the power of their hands the power of death and the power of suffering, anyone who came and spoke on behalf of Almighty God to the people of the African continent, African-American, the North American, and everywhere else of that particular hue. But yet God needed somebody to go into that most dangerous region and speak truth. I went, I am, I'm here. Now Almighty God uh, needed someone to go and speak truth to power, to the White House, to Japheth, and to Shem, and to Wall Street. God needed someone who, uh, to go and speak. Who will go for us and tell Shem about himself? Who will go for us and tell Japheth about himself? Uh, here, the Lord told me to tell you this, that in chapter 2 of the book of Revelation, Almighty God, his name is Jesus, gives his strongest condemnation against both Shem and Japheth at the level of hate and the choir and saying they are children of the devil. And he says it, and he gave it to me to, to say to you uh, that who will do that in this day and time when Wall Street has such power and Japheth controls the uh, legislative and political and media sites, power. But if you look in the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, uh, Jesus says that, uh, that there is a hatred in his heart for the deeds of Japheth or the Nicolaitans. That there is a deed there, and, and the, 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 the Nicolaitans and Japheth, the, the Nicolaitans are the mixture of Japheth and, uh, and Shem together, for instance, here in America, that, uh, that, and, and New York, and other places, that where, where the Japheth and Shem has gotten together. Or if you look in the Southern Baptist and, the, and Shem, Japheth of the Southern Baptist and Shem of Israel, where they've gotten together, people like John Hagee, and others who are, uh, have gotten together with Netanyahu. That blend is called a new breed called the Nicolaitans. When you put the Jew and the uh, Japheth person together, the blend of, of is called the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. That's what they're called. And Jesus says he hates their deeds that he hates the deeds of them. Now, in, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, we saw that. We'll see it again in verse 15. But I'm going to ask my engineer if he would bring up Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, just two verses after, or three verses totality, after verse 6, where Jesus says that he hates the Nicolaitan, the deeds of the Jew and the Japheth, that he hates their deeds, and I hate their deeds as well. But if you look in Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, you'll notice that Jesus goes directly for Shem. And he says, I know thy works, thy tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. 
Well, I can tell you this. He's not talking to Ham or Canaan when he says, you are rich. And he says, I know thy blasphemy of them which, and this is very important when we understand the context. The blasphemy, blaspheming against God, a sin which cannot be forgiven. Blasphemy cannot be forgiven. But go ahead, Mr. Indian, let us read it again. He said, I know thy works, talking to Shem and, and to Japheth and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know that the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now, Mr. Engineer, let that rest there for one second and then move it. Now, here, when God talks about a rich people, he is not talking about Ham. He's not talking about Canaan. Not now. Uh, the only people that are rich on planet Earth are Shem and Japheth. And the reason why Shem and Japheth are rich is because Ham and Canaan, that they, they have been served by these two. Now listen to me very carefully. Listen to me very carefully. We all know across the world, whether it's in China or whether it's in Japan or in Cambodia, Vietnam or in Africa or in India, we know that Canaan and Ham, that they are not rich. We know that they are not rich. We know that. We know that they are not rich. So obviously we can exclude them. Well, then who is he talking to? Well, who is rich? Who is rich and yet are poor? Well, we know. And then Jesus says right there in, 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 in Matthew's gospel chapter, I mean in Revelation chapter 2, verse 6, verse 9, and verse 15, that he goes right at the Jews, and he goes right at uh, the Japheth people. Now, let me just say a word here, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. When, um, when God spoke to, uh, through Noah and said, Canaan shall be cursed, when God spoke through Noah and said, Canaan shall be cursed, that we have accepted, that I have accepted, and, um, and all things do work together, and now God is bringing a truth as Shem and Canaan shall be last. But here, let, let, let's just look at something for just a second. To have the nerve and the power of God to speak against Japheth, to speak against Ham and Canaan, which I've done. I mean, I've come to have the power and the belief of God that my life would be preserved and that we could live in the midst of Harlem, speaking truth to Africa and African American, speaking truth about Obama. God needed somebody, and I was the only one that volunteered. Oh, they got some others out there, hustlers out there, but I'm the only one that volunteered. God needed somebody. But I want to say this. I want to say this now. I am noticing God has condemned Shem and God has condemned Japheth. You see it right there in the scripture. You're the synagogue of Satan, 
Yeah, because the temple is no longer, don't even talk, talk about the temple no more because there ain't no temple, there ain't no use for Jesus tore down Matthew's gospel, chapter 24, verse 1 and following. There ain't no temple. There ain't no use to bring a lamb or the reason to bring a lamb or a goat to the temple and have the priest cut his throat and pour out the blood. The blood been poured out on the cross, so that's old. But they still go to these synagogues. And Jesus said the reason why they go there and not to the cross is that they go into the synagogue of Satan. I didn't say that. That's what Jesus said. He said it's the synagogue of Satan. They say they're Jews, but they're not. But I've been noticing something here since I've been speaking this word, a blessing. I've said to you that the Sabbath is uh, Canaan's rock, that it is the rock in Canaan land. I have been saying to you that the Sabbath is the rock in Canaan land. And even though Almighty God, and I went along with it and agree with it, still do, that Canaan shall be cursed, it says in Noah, uh, speaking in Genesis chapter 23, 9, 23, 25. And I never argued against that. But the one thing that we need to come to terms with and look at a more uh, and, and now in a prophetic way that the Sabbath stops the curse for one day. Listen to me very carefully now. Listen to me very carefully now. And then after this, I got to talk to Shem and Japheth who are now intensely jealous and angry and suspicious of me because I'm speaking this truth. I have to look at now the spirit of the Nicolaitans, the spirit of apartheid that's now welling up in the hearts of Japheth who listen to me and have listened to me because I've spoken a truth to Canaan and to Ham. I'll come back to that. But now the Sabbath, the Sabbath has the power to stop the curse for one day. God says that remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shall thy labor, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. Now the purpose of the curse of Canaan was that he should serve. He should serve both Shem and Japheth. But on the Sabbath, the Sabbath day, he is free. And if Shem and Japheth were honorable to the Sabbath, they would not let or allow or ask Canaan to bring them a cup of water. Not on the Sabbath day. Not on the Sabbath. Listen to me. Now you listen to me. The Sabbath hath the power to stop the curse for one day. That's right. Shem, even though God speaking through Noah, said that Canaan shall be the servant of Shem and Japheth. But on the Sabbath day, no man, not even the cursed man, has to work. Even the cursed man get blessed by the Sabbath. Are you following me? Are you listening to me? Of course y'all. Of course y'all. 
In other words, on the Sabbath day, on the Sabbath day, had I been there in the days of Nat Turner and others, I would have told uh, Canaan, who was a servant and slaves, all across the Caribbean islands and all up in Georgia and South Carolina, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, East Texas, Jack, Florida, I would have told Canaan that you on this day are as equal in power as your boss, Japheth, and he cannot order you to do anything on the Sabbath. And if he is going to preach from Genesis that God Almighty uh, curse you to serve, then he'll also have to preach from Genesis that God rested on the Sabbath day. I would have told him. I can't tell. I didn't tell him. But I'm telling them now. Are you following me? That the Sabbath hath the power to break the curse for just one day. No man can order work and no man can work on the Sabbath day. Praise God. Praise God. Let's come back to that. Let's go back to the fact now that Shem and Japheth, according to the Holy Ghost, according to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that God has put, his name is Jesus, Shem and, and Japheth together and their, their identity is a Nicolation. Well, why you call them that? Well, let me tell you why. Because the name Japheth is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Shem is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Ham is still a name that Jesus would want to love. The name Canaan is still a name that Jesus would want to love. So when he needed a name that he could hate, the actions thereof, he came up with this word name called the Nicolaitans, which is a crossbreeding spiritually of Shem and Japheth, the Nicolaitans. And then he said, I hate their deeds. That's what Jesus said. A perfect modern day example of that is the Southern Baptist Evangelicals, Billy Graham, James Dobson, Salem Media, Clear Channel, Rush Limbaugh crowd, along with the Netanyahu Knesset crowd of Israel. When you bring those two together in the same religious stage, they are now neither Shem nor Japheth. They are the Nicolaitans. And Jesus says he hates their deeds. That's all. He says he hates their deeds. He says he hates them. It's right there. I mean, it's right there in God's word. And then he goes on a little further in the next verse or two. It says that the Jews that don't have anything, because they're Jews that don't have anything with the Southern, to do with the Southern Baptists, he said they go to the synagogue of Satan. It's all right there in God's word. It's all right there in God's word. Now, let's go back to the fact that even though 
Canaan was cursed. The Sabbath, now you listen to me very carefully, the Sabbath hath the power to stop the curse. Well, let's just look at the power of it. All right. Well, you say, well, now Noah is older than Moses. And why is it that Noah, uh, and though Moses said on in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 through 11, no man should work, neither his ox, nor his ass, nor a slave, or anybody, his manservant, nor his maidservant, on the Sabbath, right? That, why is it that, that Noah uh, is, the word uh, is, 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 uh, is lesser than no, Moses, because Moses, Noah is older than Moses. Well, no, it is the age of the two prophets. Noah, if you say, well, whose word should take precedent? Uh, uh, Noah said Ham should serve, Cain should serve, and Moses said, but not on the Sabbath day. Well, we can mitigate it and say, we'll just mitigate, no point in arguing who's the oldest. But no, no, that's a reasonable argument here. We'll go back to Genesis chapter 1. Where the Bible says that God rested on the Sabbath day. And that's what takes precedence. That God rested on the Sabbath day. And he's older than Noah or Moses. So now here. So recently we have been teaching you that the Emancipation Proclamation of the Canaanites from the curse is the Sabbath day. Now we have established, if you're following me, we have established that at least for one day, no man can order Canaan to work. At least for one day, no man can order Canaan to work. If he does, he's fighting and violating God's word, and Canaan does not have to obey him. Not on the Sabbath. Not on the Sabbath. That the Sabbath breaks the curse. So, okay, we'll agree to that. Yes, some of you will, maybe some of you won't. Maybe some of y'all are still out there in Nicolaitan land and people are getting angry with me and jealous and can't stand the idea of the Canaanites being free and having a power over them. Man, it's a mess out there now in, 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 in the Manning land. It's a mess out there. These people have all these old weird, ugly thoughts toward me. It's a mess, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Not now. So I said that Almighty God said that the Sabbath, that if Canaan and Ham would keep the Sabbath worldwide, all throughout the island chain, all the way down to Aruba, all the way over to Grenada, Falcon, St. Lucia, all the way up to Bermuda, the Grand Cakes, Turcos, Caicos Turks, all the way over to Cayman, all up in Texas, Oklahoma, up in Tennessee and Kentucky, up in Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland, Georgia, all up in there and out in Los Angeles, up everywhere else that Ham and Canaan has settled. That if he would get together, now listen to me very carefully and run and get at least one person. First of all, you convert to Sabbath worship and then get at least one other person to convert to Sabbath worship. But listen to me very carefully before you leave. Now, we have established, we have established that the Sabbath breaks the curse of slavery. That's right. 
Canaan did not have to work for Shem or Japheth on the Sabbath. It breaks the curse. No man shall work. Good God Almighty. Hallelujah. Good God Almighty. Now, God said to me, see, now you go tell them that if every Canaanite in the islands, Jamaica, St. Croix, St. Kitts, every Canaanite in the Dominican Republic, including Cuba, every Canaanite, Hamite, will with one spirit and one blood and one tongue and one voice keep the Sabbath day that it will break the power of the curse. And I said, good God Almighty, hallelujah. Woo! I, 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 I'm not one given to get excited often. So you'll pardon me for that one infraction of what you might consider to be civility. But I had to, because when you come, no, come on, let's, let's reason together. Let's go back over it again. God said, no man shall work on the Sabbath day. Not even a manservant, a maidservant. No man shall work on the Sabbath day. Is that right? Even a cursed man, even a slave cannot work on the Sabbath. We got that right. So the Sabbath breaks the curse. The Sabbath supersedes the curse of Noah on Canaan. Is that right? We all see that. And now Jesus is saying to me, to tell every Canaanite and every Hamite that if they all with one accord, wheresoever they may be found on planet earth, will keep the Sabbath and honor it as holy as the day of worship, it will break the curse. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. Not civil rights, not marching, not legislation, not the White House, not a black president. But this is as simple as A, B, C, and one, two, three. All you have to do is get your Canaanite and Hamite brother to observe the Sabbath day as the day of worship and honor to Almighty God, and when he does that in unity, it breaks the curse. Well, it already does. It's just he's stepping in agreement with God's word of breaking the curse. And God says, when he does it, that it will bring untold wealth and power to him. Now, I was talking last time we were together, remember? I was speaking to you. And I was saying to you that when Canaan and Ham makes the commitment to get out of the jigaboo, listen, Japheth lied to you, homie. And he told you, and the Catholics, Japheth and the Catholics, they lied to you. They told you to worship on Sunday. It's a lie. And God gave me a very special revelation about why he did not go to heal Lazarus or to raise Lazarus from the dead because he got the news on Sabbath Eve. He would have had to travel on Sabbath, the Sabbath. And according to the laws of Moses, which Jesus observed, you were only able to walk 15 
uh, furlongs. I believe the 15 is the number. If I'm wrong, I'll be corrected by some scholars. But you were only allowed to walk a certain distance. And Bethany was many, many, many hundreds of furlongs away from where Jesus was when he first got the news. You were only able to carry two apples on the Sabbath day. And when Jesus allowed the disciples to husk the corn, they did not go above the weight of two apples. If a woman was stitching clothing or sewing and had to make a quick uh, wardrobe adjustment, she could only sew, I think, 40 stitches uh, on the Sabbath day. So God gave me the revelation and told me the people have never heard this in all the days that they've ever been in church or in the synagogue. That the reason why Jesus waited two days before he started making his journey into Bethany to raise Lazarus from the dead was because he would have had to work and walk on the Sabbath day. They would have had to walk all day long and they would have been, they would have been walking in darkness and stumbling because they would have had to eat unless they fasted. They would have had to do various things that were, pre, they were prevented. So it would have been Jesus and 12 other men that would have been violating the Sabbath to try to get to Lazarus. And if they got there uh, on the Sabbath, they, he certainly was not going to raise Lazarus from the dead on the Sabbath day. No Jew, I mean no Jew, will go anywhere near a dead body, let alone carry more than two apples or two ears of corn on the Sabbath day. But no Jew will go anywhere near a dead body. Any Jew that went anywhere near a dead body was unclean until the end of of the day or the next morning. Read it right there. See these people, a lot of this, some guy was arguing with me on Waverly Marsh page. The guys are ignoramus. He's ignorant and jealous too and a Sabbath breaker. No, you can't go near a dead body. You're unclean. And you definitely would not go near a dead body on the Sabbath. So Jesus gave me all this information and this jealous Sabbath breaker or Waverly Marsh page was arguing with me the other day. But at any rate, here, so Jesus waited two days before he went to raise Lazarus from the dead. And by the time he got there, it was Monday, he raised Lazarus, and that was the end of it. But it was after the Sabbath day. And so then Jesus went on to tell me, he said, now tell everybody. I said, they never heard that before. I said, no. I he said, now tell him, he said, now even Mary, Mary Magdalene and the others who wanted to anoint my body and wash my body because they took me down off that cross on Good Friday after that soldier had pierced at my side with that sword and they'd put that crown of thrones on my, man, I was dripping blood, blood was caked up all on my head, blood was caked up on my side, I had nail prints in my hands, the blood had dried up. And when they put me in that tomb, uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene, the others wanted to come and to wash that blood and to clean me up and to prepare my body. But they would not do it because the Sabbath had come and they would not clean even Jesus' body on the Sabbath day. The Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, starting at verse 1, at the end of the Sabbath did the women come uh, to wash Jesus' body. But they wouldn't do it. As dirty and blood caked as Jesus' body was, they wouldn't touch him on the Sabbath day. 
But that's an ignorant preacher out there on Waverly Mars. You ignorant and hateful and jealous too. Because God gave me that revelation. I think the devil used him. In fact, I know the devil. Anyway, so God told me to say this to let people know that to the Canaanites and to the Hamites, that if you will unite, if you got a family member, uh, if you go ahead now and give yourself, and by the way, Japheth, you can join in this. Japheth, you can join in. Uh, and if Japheth, you choose not to join in, do not fight your brother Canaan. Do not fire him. Do not hire somebody in his place. Do not call somebody to do his work that he would normally do on Saturday. Don't fight him. Don't you fight against God's word because it's not your, your brother Canaan or Ham that you're fighting. You're fighting God's word. It's God Almighty. His name is Jesus that established the Sabbath. Don't you fight. Don't you fire him. Don't you punish him. Don't you make things bad for him because he's now chosen to, to be the Sabbath worshiper. But Japheth, you can be a Sabbath worshiper as well, but you got to get out of them lying uh, churches that, that violate God's Sabbath and worship on Sunday. You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. It's up to you. It's up to yourself. It's up to yourself. Let me say something to you. Let me say something to you. There are a lot of people listening to me now who would to God when I told them not to worship and vote for Obama or to give their hearts over to them, that they would have listened to me eight, nine years ago, seven years ago, that they would have listened to me. And when I told them not to do it, they did it anyway. They did it anyway. Now, with all their heart and soul, they would to God that they had just listened to me and how much better they're like, they keep imagining, oh, if they could just call me pastor once again. Oh, if they could just have the fellowship of knowing that, that I'm their pastor once again. But no, they didn't do it. Now, there are many Japheth people and Shemites now that I told, don't vote for tribulation Trump. Don't go near that dead body. Don't go near that tribulation Trump. But they did it. Now, it hasn't been seven years. It's just been a few months. And now they're saying, Oh, if I had just listened. Oh, if I could just call Pastor Manning, my pastor. Oh, if I could just call and get him on the phone. You know, you can call Pastor Manning and get him on the phone and he'll talk to you. I used to be able to talk to him. Oh, if I could just do that again. Donald Trump hasn't done anything to, my, to satisfy my spiritual soul. Oh, the economy may be humming, but I don't really believe he's the reason for it. My soul is so empty now that I don't have Pastor Manning as my pastor. He told me not to vote for Tribulation Trump. He told me not to go down that road, he told me. And I did. So I'm saying to you, I'm saying to Canaan and to Ham, that uh, go, first of all, you, and Japheth, you too, you can join in this. No, you can, this you can be a part of. This can be a part of. But go if you're Canaanite or Hamite, can, uh, give your heart over to becoming a Sabbath worshiper and never go back in them Sunday churches again. And once you get converted, go strengthen the brethren. Go and find at least one other person. Make it your mission over the next 40 days. 
to find one other person who you can sit down and tell them that Canaan has been search free. Dr. King didn't do it. Obama didn't do it. But God did it long before these men ever lived when he said that no man shall work on the Sabbath day and even the curse of Noah had to stop for 24 hours on the Sabbath day because God spoke it and God was the first one that observed the Sabbath day and this is a power that God has given that he want to spread down through the islands of the Caribbean and all over North America that God has given this power. Go and find one other person over the next 40 days and tell them about this truth. And God says, and God says, and God says to all Canaanites and Hamites, observe the Sabbath day. The unity of that will bring wealth like you've never seen before. The unity of that will cause Wall Street to stop. The unity of that will recognize that the twills of Wall Street cannot turn until the sons of Canaan and the sons of Ham give them permission. My friends, this is from the Lord. This is the word of Almighty God. This is the word of Almighty God. And it's wonderful. And the Lord has sent me to say, to say and now, so here. I, 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 I was talking to some other messages about how we go down in the Caribbean and we need to change the names. We need to do what Saint uh, Toussaint Overture did with Haiti. It was named after some French saint named Saint Dominique. Well, Dessalini is in, and, 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 and Toussaint Lopetra said, no, we ain't going to have it. And they named it an original name from the Aborigines, or Aboriginals, pardon me. And they call it Haiti, the land with high mountains. Oh, man, there's just been so much teaching. But now true liberation you know, I have taught many, many years that uh, God is the one that cursed Canaan and made him a slave to Japheth and Shem. God is the one. It came out of the mouth of a preacher of righteousness. Now listen to me very carefully now. Listen to me very carefully. God, his name is Jesus. He is the one that cursed Canaan, that he shall be a servant to Shem and Japheth. And so throughout all of my time as a preacher, 35 years, I've been saying, well, if it's God that put the curse there, then only God can take the curse back. I've been I said, Dr. Martin Luther King can't take that curse back. Obama can't take the curse back. It was God that put it there. John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, the civil rights movement, and all that other crowd, they can't take back what God has put down. I told them they wouldn't listen to me. They thought I was crazy. They said I was a hater, that I wasn't a black man, that I wasn't with the black man, that I'm against the black. No, I was just saying, man, you, you know, you're part and fool around these people. If God put it there, then only God can move it. You can't ask Mahatma Gandhi to move the curse that God put in place. But now listen, I've told you that God has moved the curse by the Sabbath day. Good God Almighty. Lord have mercy. This is the word. This is not civil right. This is not a political ideology. This is not a racial thing. God, his name is Jesus, has moved the curse by saying no man shall work or serve any other man on the Sabbath day. And there you got it. 
even when the curse was in full vogue for 400 years here in America. But God has said now, with that truth being recognized, with that truth being recognized, that if all Canaanites and Hamites will unite and with it with one voice and one blood and one tongue throughout all of the islands and all of Africa and all of every place else, Canaan and Ham may find himself if he will observe the Sabbath day, the curse shall never return. That's just how that is. That's just, you know, I, I, moving it to, 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 uh, yeah, to another, I, I didn't get to the teaching about Sabbath is a rock. And we were, I got to get there. The, the Sabbath is your rock. But I wanted to talk, and I, I don't have much time left, but I wanted to say a word or so about Canaan land. You know, when God, his name is Jesus, called Moses to march the Jews, Shem, out of Egypt into the Sinai, and then Joshua led them across the Jordan or the Transjordan into uh, uh, Jericho and, and all of Canaan. That was Canaan's land. When God told Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees, and Ur of the Chaldees, Abraham's probably a half, half, half Japheth person. I don't know what he what he was. Abraham, he was Abram then. God told Abram to go down into Canaan land, and he got there in Bethel. The Bible said he made an altar to the Lord and prayed there because Canaan land was blessed. We've always been blessed. We've always been blessed. I said we've always been a, a blessed people. Look at me. Look at me. Just, and I said, I'm boasting and bragging. No, I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. We've always been blessed. Always. And God gave that blessed land. God gave that the richest, blessed, most blessed, the richest place on planet Earth. God gave it to Shem. I'm okay with that. It belonged to my brother Canaan, but. I'm not, I'm not mad. I ain't running around here trying to Black Panther the thing. No, God gave that blessed, rich, powerful land flowing with milk and honey. He gave it to Shem and it belonged to Canaan. He gave it. I am all good. I'm all right. Now God is saying all those islands, all those islands down the whole island chain from Aruba, everywhere St. Dominique, all those islands, Grenada, all up in Jamaica, St. St. Croix, all up in the U.S. Virgins and the British Virgin, all up in the Cayman, all up in the Grand Turks, all up in Cuba, all up in Bermuda and the Bahamas, all up in there, all of that now belongs to Canaan. All he has to do is from one end to the other end on the Sabbath day, keep it holy and honor God. And that's it. That's it. And then I'm out there speaking. I told you, and I really got to go now. I told her, I said, now listen, you Japheth people are, because a lot of people, man, the, the anger that's going on out there against me, that ain't right. Now don't you, that ain't right. Because you can be a Sabbath worker, but what I, the Lord told me, he told me this morning, he said, Japheth hates the Sabbath. Them Catholics and Southern Baptists, they hate the Sabbath. They hate it. And then he told me when the Jew, when the Southern Baptists and the Jew get together, their new name is called the Nicolaitans. I said, wow. And God says he hate them. Oh, a lot of hate going on. But no, listen, Japheth, 
you can you can join, but don't you don't you hinder your brother? Don't you put no stumbling block in front of your brother if he wants to be off on the Sabbath day? Don't you put no him no? And then the other thing is that we got to rename those islands down there: Saint Croix, Saint Thomas. We got to rename. We might like Saint Thomas go, but we you know because if it's Thomas of the of the Bible, but if it's Thomas of them one of them freaks from over there in London, we ain't gonna have that. You know, St. Croix, which means a cross. I'm not sure why you want to call the cross a St. Cross. That's a little bit Catholic to me, if you will. You know, there's Catholics like the, you know, but the cross is the cross. St. Cross, St. Croix. But no, we're going to read that. I've got a lot of work to do. But here's what you need to do. Listen to this teaching again. And then let the Lord lead you to become a Sabbath worshiper. Don't be scared. You got to leave the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And listen, you know, you say, well, I don't need the Pentecost. Pastor, man, I ain't never heard you speak in tongues. Well, have, have you ever heard me say Atla? Where'd you say that come from? Well, I don't, listen, I don't use speaking in tongues like a used car salesman say this is the best deal you can ever get. No. I'm with the I'm with the Paul, I'm Paul on this. Let there be somebody to interpret. Paul said, I'd rather speak five words in English than something I can understand than 10,000. So nobody knows, knows what you're talking about. So, no, say, well, you say, well, Pastor, you know, I've been in the church, Baptist church, Methodist all my life. Well, you've probably been crazy all your life, too. At any rate, uh, so listen to this again and then make it your business to convert at least one person in the next 40 days. I tell you what, I tell you what, if you're sick, uh, go find one person and convert them. And I believe God will hear you. If you got a financial challenge, a problem, you know, um, I, maybe I'll get to this another time. Open your eyes, ministry. Open your eyes, ministry. This is a little bit self-serving. But I want to say to Jafe, if you know, I've been, God has used me and I have blessed your life more than any Japheth or Shemite preacher you have ever known all the days of your life. It's come from a man whose skin color is like mine and whose voice comes from a coarse lips and a big nose. But you ain't never been blessed by no Shemite or Japheth person the way God has used this man with his big nose and these coarse lips to talk to you. Indeed, you probably even never known a man, a Japheth man, that is as honest and upright. You probably never known a Shemite, a Jewish man, who is as honest and upright as James David Manning. You probably never known him. And the other thing is that you've never known a man who stands tall as a man who you can't bend or break. Most men you've come into their lives, you've been able to buy them, break them, scoundrel them, but you've not been able to do that with the Lord's servant. So now, go ahead. Trust in the Lord means the Lord needed somebody to come and bring this message. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say a word of prayer, but before that, well, let's go to the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, let one heart today, whether the heart be in Africa or Australia, 
or in Oklahoma, Washington State, or down in Aruba, or in St. Kitts, or in Guyana, or in Jamaica, or in South Carolina, or Jacksonville, or anywhere in between, let one heart today hear and say, I am not going to live to satisfy a tradition of black people by staying in the black Baptist church. I'm not going to give my life to satisfy that tradition of the civil rights by staying with the black Baptist church and the civil rights and all their honor and all their whatever it is that they do. But I'm going to step out now. I'm going to step out for the time has come and give my life over to this word that's going to set the captive free. The power of the Sabbath day is all the preachers taught us about. He's taught us the power to break the curse that's long since been broken by the power of the Sabbath. And the first person to keep the Sabbath was you, Almighty God. And then I'm going, once I get settled in my Sabbath worship, I can always come if I can't go back to the church and I don't want to go back in that house where they blaspheme. And I live too far away from uh, Atla to come every week. I can turn on the ministry at 10 o'clock in the morning on the Sabbath. And I can worship with my pastor and my fellow members. And then I'm going to get one other person to unite with me and become a Sabbath worshiper. And in your name, Jesus, we pray and give thanks. Amen amen. Now, let's, let me say this to you as well, because i got to go. That... When you bring people, let's say for you bring people to our church. We had a woman come in this past Saturday, pardon me, and she brought, I think I brought her daughter with her. She loves the ministry. So she brought her daughter because she wants her daughter to hear. Now, daughter's probably, you know, out there in the world, out there and whatever it is that they do. And when you hear me preach, I say some things that are shocking, you know, and I talk like a man. I don't back up. I talk like the authority of God. And people aren't used to hearing. They're used to mealy mouse preachers always sweet watering and sweet talking and trying to get you to, you know, you know, and, and they, they, I don't do that. And you know I don't. And that, that, that daughter, it looked like she got upset with me. And the mother was trying to, you know, no, just listen to them. When you bring people and you tell people, all right, let's watch them on Saturday. Tell people this. Now, listen, uh, he's going to say some things that you're going to be offended by. Uh, but understand it. it that he's only speaking the truth. Don't just decide that you ain't going to never listen to him no more, that you ain't going to never come back to the building no more. You ain't gonna, just give it, give it at least seven more times and then after that pray and see whether he be a man of God or not. That God doesn't have to cut deals and sweet talk you. But if you just if you don't prepare them, if you don't prepare their heart, the first time they hear me preach, they're gonna run, they're gonna run and want to kill you. Say, What's wrong with him? <laughs> now, but you know, you know, get people to say, listen, listen to me at least seven times. If that don't work, you give them seven more times. Why can he talking about Obama? Don't he know that's our first black president? And why he talking about tribulation Trump? Don't he know God sent him? <laughs> You know, tell him this. Just, just listen to the man. That's all. Just listen to him. <laughs> all right, everybody. I got to go. Mr. Engineer, take me to the top of the hour. What I'm about to say to you is the power that will cause Wall Street to come and ask us to bless them. Well, what I'm about to announce to you 
will call peoples and persons from Hades and purgatory to heaven itself to come and ask us for blessing. What I'm about to announce to you will make you rich, wealthy, and blessed, and healthy far beyond your wildest imaginations. What I'm about to announce to you will break the history of slavery and make you say, thank God we were, and thank God you brought us to this point because it's through those hard times we've come to realize the power of this word that we're now receiving. And the word I want to say to you that's going to give us all of this power greater than the march of Dr. King, greater than any black president, greater than anything else, if we who are Hamites, the sons of Ham, those who are African, those who are Indian, those who are Chinese, those who are of the black top and the brown skin, if we Hamites, and then Canaanites, who are the ones who have taken up all the islands from Guyana to Venezuela to Belize to Latin America to St. Lucia, Grenada, Falcon Islands, all the way up the Cayman, all that region in there called the islands of the island chain, especially the Canaanites, were we with one voice to say with one heart and one spirit that we are going to honor the Sabbath day. We are going to honor it as a day of worship. We're going to move away from the day that Japheth had led us erroneously to worship on Sunday and worship on Saturday. Now listen just about, listen very carefully. If, if every person in the islands, if every person in Guyana, every person in Belize, every person of a Canaanite, Hamite color and skin and blood in South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, Mississippi, you know who I'm talking about. If we all with one accord say that we're not going to seek power from the White House, but we're going to seek power from God's house, we're going to with one spirit do the right thing. We're going to worship on the Sabbath day. Now, if every Canaanite in the island said they're going to worship on the Sabbath day, the hotels will have to shut down. The meal services will have to shut down. Wall Street would take a look at us. If every person in New York that's a Canaanite, that's a Hamite, if every person that's a Canaanite or a Hamite across America and across the world said, we're just going to do what God said. We're not marching. We're not the Black Panthers. We're not the Black Lives Matter. We're just going to do what God said. And we're going to honor the Sabbath day. What are they going to say about it? Well, are they going to say we're militant? Are they going to say that we should be arrested? No, we're just going to do. And with that kind of unity, with all Canaanites and Hamites coming together, it will shut down the world on Saturday and people will have to wait for us to come back to work or come back to the places where they, and you can say hallelujah right there. You can give God some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. No. Can I, can I, can I share something with you about Sabbath? Japheth has lied to us. He has lied. Constantine and the Catholic Church, they've lied to us and took us away from the Sabbath and got us worshiping on Sunday or got them worshiping on Sunday. But if every Canaanite blood and every Hamite blood worship on Saturday, the world will have to wait until we stop praying before they can start running again. That's power. That is power. 
the Jews have been doing it for years, but it's not as many of them as it is. When the Jews say we're not going to school on Yom Kippur or Rosh Hashanah, you can't get in a schoolhouse. They shut the schools down. We can shut down Wall Street if we get together and say that we're going to worship on the Sabbath day. We can shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Let me shout something to you about the Sabbath. Well, these old swine dancing preachers. Here they're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, tongue-talking, lying, told. Here they come. No matter what day we worship on. Can I I share something with you? The Lord told me to come and tell y'all this. The Lord told me to tell you how important the Sabbath is. And then we got to spread this word all down in the islands. We'll probably do better down there than we do up here. That we're going to unite. We may not be together on everything else, but we can get together on God's word on the Sabbath day. But God told me to tell you this. I said, God, his name is Jesus, said, you're going to tell the people something they've never known or never heard before. What is it, Lord? What is it? He said, remember when Lazarus got sick? I said, well, y'all know about it. He said, and a messenger came to me and told me that Lazarus was sick. Come and heal him like I've healed everybody else. And I stayed in the same place where I was two days. And then two days after, it was a two-day journey. So by the time I got to where Lazarus was, he had been dead for four days. So, well, I know that. He said, well, the reason why I didn't go is because when the messenger came, now Jesus told me this. When the messenger came, it was Sabbath Eve. And if I had gone, I would have been walking on the Sabbath day. I waited till the Sabbath ended. And then on Sunday, when the Sabbath ended, I made my two-day journey over to Bethany where Lazarus was. Even though he had been dead for four days, I waited until after the Sabbath before I raised him up. I said, well, I said, well Lord, I ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, well, no, you ain't never heard nothing like that before. He said, but let me tell you something. You go back and tell them because they're going to be jealous of you with that kind of anointing. You go back and tell them when they put me in the grave and they rolled a stone in front of me and they made it as secure as they possibly could. They laid me in that tomb. They laid me in that grave. And I was going to get up. I told you I'm the resurrection and the life. But I waited until after the Sabbath day and at the end of the Sabbath, I got up out of the grave. Hallelujah. And boom, chakalaka goes right there. Yes, sir. He said, I would not violate the Sabbath day. I waited until it was over with, and at the end of the Sabbath on Sunday morning, I got up. And I wouldn't, I didn't raise Lazarus on the Sabbath day. It was after, good God Almighty, good God Almighty. Glory. He told me, the Lord, his name is Jesus. The same Jesus that came into that jail cell. The same Jesus that strengthens me to stay in this community in spite of all the hatred. That same Jesus told me to tell you. Now, if you ain't ever heard from Jesus, you just heard him. You just heard from him. Nobody ever told you that. Nobody ain't never told you that. Now, let me read it, though, because we got people online. That, uh, y'all stand, keep standing. We got people online who don't know what I'm talking about. Let me put this in the context of the word of God. Y'all keep standing. You're standing in agreement. Is that right? Let me read this here. It, uh, verse 
chapter 11 of St. John's Gospel. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord. Now we're talking about calling all Canaanites and Hamites to Sabbath worship. Is that right? Not calling them to a special idea, not calling them to be Democrats, not calling them to be Black Lives Matter. We're calling them to honor the Sabbath day. Amen? Amen. That there'll be unity. Here, watch this. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his... It'll make a junkie say, Jesus is Lord. I got a word in my mouth. I got a word.